This is Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm Joe. And I'm JP. Hi lads, how's it going? Not too bad, how's yourself? Very good, been busy. Went to a... Been busy all weekend. Uh, went to, to a Toby Carvery yesterday. That was uh, oh, fun time. Great way to start. <laughs> that, that feels so. I didn't plan to, to go straight to the Toby Carvery talk, Joe. I, I don't want to overly ask Rev, Joe, but that is genuinely what I did at the weekend. I did go yesterday. Got a nice tweet from Toby Carvery. I'd gone to um, a like a really posh restaurant about a month ago. And got a, got a got a nice roast dinner there, but it like it didn't have a gravy. It came with like a red wine jus. Apparently, instead, I got like one potato, <laughs> and it was kind of I meant to mention one. it to you at the time. One single potato cut in half. Oh, to fucking roast, is it? Well, and I had it, and I was thinking, you know what? This is the type of roast that like I could say to Joe, you know, that, that maybe I get it, maybe I get the roast dinner hate. And then I went to Toby again yesterday, and I fell back in love with those potatoes. Joe, you would have fucking hated the slop that was on the table. Yeah, absolutely. Sound nah, minor hell. I had a sort of mini, uh, not a roast dinner, but uh, we had quite a brothy dinner yesterday. A bit of mash, um, sausages, carrot, broccoli, bit of onion as well, and I didn't go gravy. I went beans on the mash instead, so I could make it less of a roast. <laughs> but it was almost like okay. a semi roast, and I managed to res- semi fry up by adding beans in. Yeah, I managed way. to resist it and just poured the beans over the mash, and it oh. it meant any semblance of a roast had gone. But Benno, I'm glad you enjoyed your Toby Carvery. It was very nice. It was very nice. Did you like a like every now and then? Did you like a nice little pies you can get instead, Joe? Maybe in a Toby, you just have to have it's like half a I roast don't then. Really like pies, oh. Cornish really? pasty. I don't think that's an option, unfortunately. So, uh, can, can I go back to this posh roast you had? What yeah. size was this potato? <laughs> it was very small. Mate. I almost put it like I gave. Fucking, to, that's just insulting. Follow, in that case, what, else isn't it? It, what else came with it? Oh, it was like a like a, a lot of veg. Um, it was a few weeks ago now when I had it, but basically, yeah, it was one potato, a lot of veg. I did have a parsnip. I don't know if that counts as a potato or not. I, I don't think it. No, does. no. Uh, and Is a little bit of meat. No, Chester. It was thought itself a bit posher than it really was. Really, it was just a nice pub, but they were trying for the. Uh, I mean, I wanted to go on Google Maps and give them north out of five. Like I went on um, followers of my Twitter account, so no, I went on Google Maps, made sure I gave the uh, the to- it was the Toby Carvery uh, entry race course that I went to. Made sure to give oh, them right. five stars, but I did have a look at the map of our five star history, and it's not pretty reason. Apparently, the last five things I've given five stars to are a, a Toby Carvery, uh, a pizza place in Liverpool, Goodison Park, and two <laughs> di- two different branches of Greg's. So that just tells you the uh, the classy life that I'm living. <laughs> so maybe I should stop moaning about this classy restaurant. Kind of sums up that Brexit that you cast in two thousand sixteen. <laughs> hey, I was uh, I was very very staunchly remain uh, as was fifty one percent of the population. Uh, <laughs> have, have you guys been up in Liverpool? Have you guys been up so much? Anything you've been doing, JP? Uh, anything good? Give any five star reviews on Google. Can I, can I get back to this road? <laughs> the posh one. Were you really hungry after it? Yes, I made sure I. This was the plan. I got a dessert as well, so I feel like that's how they set you up. But I definitely went home, and I'm pretty sure I had some toast. It was. Uh, I went. I remember going for like a, some. When I went before the job I'm in now, I ended up going for this Christmas meal. Some proper Tory bastard, 
He was a weird one, he was. He, like, every stereotype of a dickhead Tory, like a Reese Mogg type. But imagine a fat Reese Mogg <laughs> who used to read the classics in the classroom next door to me and would judge me. He walked into my classroom one day and we were analysing an episode of EastEnders when we were doing narrative. Yep. Yeah. And he, he judged hard. He was a dick. Uh, and he dropped out of this Christmas meal and I got to take his place for three. So I got this meal for three. Mm. And I went along and it was like pheasant. And I was like, oh, fuck this. And it was horrible. And it didn't fill me up. I was straight at McDonald's as soon as the meal was over. <laughs> I think I went straight to McDonald's and it was Christmas. So I went back to my other mate and watched Die Hard afterwards. And I was like, yeah, this is me. This is me. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with a good McDonald's, you know. Yeah, yeah well, nothing this, wrong with Die Hard either. This was like an Oxford up market, up its own ass piece of shite. What's the name of the Tur- Tell Street Tavern? Oh, I know that. Fuck that. Is it Tell yeah, Street Kitchen? Yeah, Tell the one on the Kitchen. corner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it, it's it's in the middle of Narnia, Benno. When you oh. go to the centre of Oxford and it starts to become fucking a Harry Potter theme park. Equivalent of um, sixty quid, I got it for three, so I couldn't complain. But the the two double cheeseburgers I had afterwards were much better. <laughs> Obviously, that's it. Quantity over quality, or quality over qu- one of the two. You, you, I didn't well. have a roast this weekend. Oh, oh incredibly dull. What have you had, JP? Anything good? We had uh, such and salmon on crew one of the days. <laughs> I had we had bangers and mash, and tonight salmon on crew. <laughs> salmon on crew. Yeah, I'm sticking with that. That's not very you. It, it's not that posh, mate. You can pick them up in like Tesco. It sounds very posh. It's not very posh. It really isn't. I don't think it is. It sounds posh, granted. I know you thinking with your, and I don't want to talk about the events of Saturday morning either. But hey, oh right, you don't know what it is. Good, we'll just leave it alone then. What happened Saturday morning? We need to know now. It's rugby. Oh right, oh. okay. Yeah, we don't want to know about it. You are correct. Good. <laughs> I'm happy not to talk about it. This Ireland week. lost, didn't they? Yeah, to Japan. I heard him talking to someone at work about it. I've said to him at least they beat the guy gym, old school. Is that why the Japanese yeah. wrestlers were all going on about watching rugby this weekend? That makes I saw yeah. some, like there was a Takayama thing where he was like, "Yeah, uh, Minoru Suzuki had gone to visit him, and apparently been watching loads of rugby." Makes sense, then. Yeah, well, Taguchi's um, he's cancelled now. He he can go. There was a part <laughs> of me out of spite, just thought, well, I might as well just start boycotting New Japan now. And I realised actually they deserve to win and are a lot better than Ireland. It was it was hard though. Up at half seven on a Saturday morning to watch that wasn't happy. Ugh. Wasn't happy at all. So we won't mention it unless they go through to and they can still win the group, which shows how weird it is. But talking the rugby world cup with you two, I'm assuming is a gigantic waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. Roast dinners, sense. rugby. What is this pot? Why am I on this podcast? <laughs> it's just a standard <laughs> first dislike. To get to get this reaction. Times. <laughs> we did spend, before we were recording, the reason why we were recording this so late is uh, we were watching uh, Arsenal Man U, it, which was 1-1. I saw the United goal go in just before half-time and then I was oh, wasn't happy. After. Yeah, that was very Man United. I think the phrase... <laughs> nice deflection there as well. Yeah, yeah, I was... Oh, yeah, he took a little deflection on that. Not happy about Granit Xhaka sort of ducking his head out of the way either, but any excuse to have a pop at him. I think Joe's heard me do it several times tonight. Um yeah, one-one overall. Nah, I take it, but is Granite Xhaka to Arsenal what Spike Trevay is to British wrestling right now? <laughs> <laughs> he managed to work him in three weeks in a row. Um, yeah, he kind of is to me. I'll just go along with that. That's all right. Did you see Spike Trevay turned up in like he was in? He did be in the elite not long ago, didn't he? And he was on. Was it NXT getting beaten up by Walter on NXT UK? Like in like a backstage segment as just some fucking just some scrub getting battered. 
nice, good nice, to be there. Nice to see these uh, these young wrestlers protecting themselves. You know, um, not just good being to be there. For an opportunity. Good to, it is. It's good to be there. It's a good opportunity. Living the dream, isn't it? Yeah, happy, Pay happy to be WWE there, TV. young lads. That's uh, that sums up a lot of things these days, isn't it? In uh, in Brit wrestling. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Do you know the other thing I got a problem with? I saw some. <laughs> I think it was like Battle Pro or something. There was a death match between David Francisco and Connor Mills. Mm. Why? Why? <laughs> like, They're oh, two look, good we, wrestlers. Wouldn't we can want... do death matches. We're going to prove uh, and earn our stripes by doing a death match in front of 200 people. Clap, clap, clap. Well done. Like, I hope you don't end up in a hospital. Chris Brooks did this up... weekend. Did you see that? Like, they had the. Um... Project Mayhem. They had the uh, the Death House match. Oh he did yeah. Actually, say, to be fair to him, he volunteered this information. He said on Twitter that a few of us wound up in A and E because we're idiots. So I think he was selling some T-shirt to make some money that he was gonna give to like the nurses' trust. Still don't love it, but if you're gonna do it, yeah. fair enough. He's no Jimmy Haver. So he's donating a bloody T-shirt. <laughs> the money he makes oh, from the bloody T-shirt. And like the money he makes from the T-shirt. Okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. But I'd I'd like to think. He thinks better next time rather than doing that again, mm. and you know, taking up space in a hospital on a Friday night that could be better used for people who maybe are actually injured and in need of some other help, rather than people slicing their the bits in between their fingers a bit lemon juice in it and doing paper cuts <laughs> like fucking idiots. Sorry. <laughs> How do we go from roast dinners to save the NHS? Yeah. Well, we're always on that, especially when that lying bastard of a prime minister in charge says he's going to build 40. And by 40, he means they're going to renovate six. <laughs> so it's virtually the same thing. Yeah. But hey, he, he, he doesn't talk properly and he messes up his hair. So oh, know, people like him. And gropes women and we just expect that so we don't question him like we did people well, two years ago. People just want him to get on with it, don't they? That's all they want. Get on with it, whatever <laughs> t- it is. Whatever the it get is. Get the country back. Don't you want the country back? Because what does that what mean? What does that actually fucking mean? <laughs> sorry, this is sorry. No, this, what does it mean? Oh, we want our country back. What? What does we that wanna, fucking mean? From? We want to take the power back from Brussels. Business. That's what we want. Come on, lads. Hey, patriotism. Honestly, to God, it's it's <laughs> more than watching ITV three and wearing a Help for Heroes T-shirt. All right, there's a bit more to it than that. Yeah, like I'm fucking tired of this shite. Once and for all. Like, if someone can explain what it is, and also, while you're explain which EU rule seems to be fucking holding back your life. Just explain, just tell me what those are. No, it's all the bureaucracy, mate. All the loopholes you got to go through. Those bendy bananas. Oh, don't, 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 don't. The don't, best was yeah. uh, Weatherspoons. Uh, didn't they start oh, getting oh. in all, all non-EU goods to prove, see, we can do it without the EU? And it was like, yeah, you can do that while we're in the European Union. So all you've kind of proven is that, yeah, Brexit's a waste of time. Yeah, and you could have lowered your prices all along. Their latest campaign is that whole... My brother sent me a picture tonight from a Weatherspoons. He's a a urinal, Mm. and it's a picture of a a beer that's like 169. It's basically saying, like, out of the Eurozone, this will cost... No, sorry, out of the single market, this will cost 169. Like, What's it called? Bulldog? Churchill? Spitfire? It's it's also brewed in the UK. Right? Don't get me started. Yeah. Brews in the UK? Sorry. Would you, would you maybe give it a five? St- I'm on. Uh, I'm on Untapped now, Joe. Would you give it a five stars on Untapped? Uh, I know there's What's a that, lot of grapple. The Untapped app. Are you? Are you? Are you a subscriber? Oh, I know of it. I need to get on there. I've meant to for a while. What? Mm. What was the five stars on? Grapple for beer is basically. I had a really nice. Uh, oh right. Apricot beer uh, the other day. Very like an apricot pale ale from. Uh, 
oh, what's is it, Beerish uh, in Liverpool, uh, a little local local brewery. I'll look it up. Very nice though. You should get on it. It was uh, I didn't have the fear, you know, like you do with uh, with certain matches sometimes, and you, yeah. you hover over the five star button on Grapple. I find that maybe you know the alcohol helps, but. When I'm, yeah, when, I'm <laughs> when I'm sat there on untapped, I'm uh, I'm quite quick to uh, to throw the five stars around. Uh, gave a nice uh, four stars for uh, what's the um, the grapefruit IPA that Brewdog have? Uh, uh, Elvis one. juice. Elvis juice. Yeah, yeah. Solid four stars. I feel like it's the uh, yeah, I'd agree. It's nice the, sharp edge. It's the Naito J White of uh, of beers. A big fan. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I was gonna yeah. Gibberish Brewery is, is the uh, the Apricot New England Pale. I'd recommend it everybody. Make sure you get it. Oh, you can't beat a New England IPA. One of my favourite beers, that. If you gave it five, does that mean, like, I know Meltzer would give it six and a half at this point, then? <laughs> greatest beer ever. Yeah, don't let Meltzer get on untapped. Um, lots of damage could be done. Uh, I can't but, see yeah. him drinking beer. What do you think he drinks? Miller Light, if I he could, has one occasionally. I could see him in Will Cooling knocking back the rums, like the two of them, a little, uh, little twosome, what do you reckon? <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I'd love to see that. Like Patrick Truman and Jim Branning and EastEnders <laughs> back of the day knocking the rums out. There you go. Just a couple of lads hanging out. Uh, if you, An if, underrated if, relationship, that. Definitely. Listeners to the uh, Graps and Claps audio this week will get the reference, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't remember where we, where we go. And then, oh yeah, one other thing, uh, Jamesy asked me to, to remind, we just talking about politics and uh, the various clowns that we've got in our political system right now. I'm guessing you're both mm. really excited that uh, spitting, spitting Image is coming back after uh, 23 years, not yeah. TV screens. Oh, okay, cool. They've released some of the. It's it's kind of like perfect time, although it's it's so strange in the sense that real life seems to parody itself so much. Now. Is it ITV again? It's ITV. Fucking hell. Yeah, I know. Wow. Which is funny because ITV are going to get a probably a predictable slagging tonight yet again, which is an easy thing. Oh, they fish in a they got a good us. one last week. I forgot they, about spitting image. They did, but spitting image. I mean, do you do you both remember it? Do you remember the end of it? I remember it as a kid because I used to see the adverts and I used to see these puppets and be like, "Oh, can you tape that for me?" Yeah. It was obviously on far too yeah. late yeah. because it was like puppets, and I thought it was like the Muppets. <laughs> and I remember seeing bits of it and like knowing. I remember like the Margaret Thatcher puppet. I remember yeah. the John Major puppet. I can remember some of the. I can remember politicians from when I was a kid as a result of spitting image. Cecil but, Parkinson, John Major being grey. But yeah, I don't really remember much about it. But oh. I know I know what it is. I know about its legacy and all the rest of it. It was like my introduction to satire because it was on about 10 o'clock on a Sunday. So I'd end up sort of sneakily staying uh, staying up to be able to watch it. And I think there was a point like I was able, like I was allowed to watch it after a while once I was like about 11. It was really funny and it was... It was edgy for the time. You remember this is kind of like mid-80s, late-80s style humour. Now, they should be absolutely be able to tear into it. It depends how nasty they are, because hmm. they've just got to absolutely go hell for leather. So, I'm looking forward to it coming back. Is you saying writers? I don't know, no. I think it's new voice. I mean, Coogan used to do the voices on it and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. Um, it's like an 80s show, wouldn't it? Like, I... Yeah. My memories are kind of the same as yours, Joe, of it being like that later on, later in the night show that my mum and dad wouldn't quite let me watch that I really wanted to watch. Uh, but I've definitely seen, I think towards the end of its run, maybe when it wasn't quite as strong, I've seen uh, a bit of it as I came more of age. I'm just looking now, there's a there's a Kanye West, there's a Mark Zuckerberg, there's obviously a Trump, yep. we're going to get uh, loads, yeah. of, uh, loads of money out of that. I think it could work. You could do a wrestling version of, um, could do. of a spitting image. I could imagine Meltzer being one of these puppets, I think it could work. Oh, you could do if you could really start dishing out the dirt. 
and this was a great week for dirt. Um, there was like, it was, it'd be a case where you could really start tearing into things. Imagine the Vince puppet. Oh, it'd just be a loop, wouldn't it? Just be an absolute fucking fruit. Yeah, the Vince puppet would just be just a maniac. The Shane one would be good as well. <laughs> yeah. Dancing around with loads of Saudi money. Oh, yeah, that'd be, oh. Shane, Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, ladder match mm. coming up soon. I'll be watching that this week. <laughs> I've not watched Friday. it for the SmackDown in years, but Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens in a ladder match, I'm there. Well, it's the opening Fox episode, isn't it? I'm the curious. The Rock just got yeah, announced this... for that as well. He just announced it himself on uh, on Twitter. He just breaking the news. Is. Yeah, he's going to be there Friday, throwing it all at the wall. Well, there was a rumour there was going to be some Trump involvement in it at one point. Fucking hell, there? really? No. That would be divisive. No, they've done, I think it would be a disaster at this point They've done in time. well to stay away from that, haven't they, over the years? Like, they've... <laughs> they've, Despite, like, clearly being the big Trump fundraiser that they are, the WWE, yeah, yeah. In, when it comes to the TV show, they do kind of play it down the line, don't they? And you don't really get any propaganda or anything, and they're very careful not to not to upset uh, either half of the uh, the political divide, despite what everything you know that's going on backstage and, uh, and mm. uh, with the money under the table. Well, Triple H and Stephanie at the inauguration with a you know that of a million people that were apparently there as well. Yeah, that was I just, it's, it amazes me as well sometimes because Triple H likes to come across as quite fair-minded, but fuck it out, he's definitely a Trump really at the end of the day. Yeah. Who do you think like? Well, the, it's like the Undertaker, isn't it? Like he posts like Instagram photos of himself and like it's not even him, is it? It's Michelle, his wife. Like it, it, mm. it, the, t- the clock is ticking on. Undertaker turning up in a photo on Instagram with like an All Lives Matter t-shirt or something. I'm sure he's been spotted in similar. Oh, like these Confederate bi- flag. Yeah, yeah, he's very, he's one of Blue Lives Matter, that type of stuff. I'm sure he's worn a t-shirt like that before. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there, there is that aspect to him as well. But, you know, hey, they get tax cuts. So doesn't that even up all the, I don't know, racism? I, I, that goes on around and other reckon, various law-breaking um, activities. I, I've always thought this, so like... You know, look at AEW and we pretend they're the good guys, but like, I mean, there's going to be a lot of talking about that today. I would bet the house that Cody is a Republican. I would bet anything. I don't think so. The Young Bucks got to be from like a rural area, definitely. Well, yeah, it's it's a bit the part of California they're from. It depends. California is a weird state like that. There are lots of what. Well, now it's recently turned all Democratic in the midterm elections, but previously there were a lot of. Like small pockets of real conservative places, mm. and the fact that obviously that they're they're Christians as well just tends to mean you're you know if you're going to any of these mega churches they're telling you to vote Republican mm. as much as anything else. So yeah, I could see that. I don't see Cody as being a, a Republican somehow. I'm not. I I don't know. I I wouldn't necessarily see that being the case. It'd be like. Yeah, yeah. I he don't does. Know. I think. I think that's possibly it. his dad. Him, but... him, and Brandy seem to be the ones pushing the inclusive side of AEW, which is probably going to bite them on the backside at some point. All of the uh, the overly woke stuff. Mm. But yeah, you're probably right on that point. I think that's a that's an exception. Well, there's dinosaur representation in their poster, yeah. isn't there? And that's one of oh. the that they, they brought up, didn't <laughs> they? Did they? that as about... <laughs> Yeah, because they were complaining when there was a Cody or Brandy something about like the most sports don't like there's a, the percentage of black athletes in American sports compared to the percentage of black athletes in American wrestling. He's got a point. I've always thought that like yeah. traditionally, like I think the the one quote unquote sport where like a white billionaire can choose who's going to be on top. Weird that there isn't that it isn't dominated by black mm. athletes like the rest of uh, America's sport. Uh, but then yeah, somebody did kind of point out. Have you looked at your AW roster mate? And then they mentioned the dinosaur. Probably not a good look. 
No. Um, dipshit. <laughs> well, not something to get angry about, but it's no. just like, for fuck's sake, what are you on about? Well, there's plenty to get angry about talking AEW this week. Mm. That's going to be the crux of We're going to talk the, the show coming up this week. We're going to talk a lot of new stuff that around AEW, NXT, and a couple of reviews at the end as well. But I suppose if we've stumbled into it anyway, maybe we, we should start at the top with that stuff. Uh, as it ties in, uh, we should probably talk... I mean, Cody can't help himself, but put his foot in his mouth every time he talks out loud. We mentioned last week about the... Uh, and we're going to talk more about it today. The the UK TV deal stuff that he trumpeted, and then as a does that to walk back. He was also mm. in the uh, in the press this week again talking about uh, CM Punk and talking about the uh, the door still being open. But meanwhile, uh, CM Punk apparently uh, interviewed for a job with uh, speaking of uh, Republican media, uh, Fox Sports to uh, to do backstage stuff. Is it what's that show that he's doing? Uh, Renee Young and Booker T are doing the uh, backstage or something? Do they be backstage? That's exactly it. Yeah, the do they be studio show that's going to be uh, done by Fox. Apparently, his interview is or his audition or however you want to categorize it was directly with Fox Sports. Melter did have it in the Observer a few weeks mm-hmm. ago that his agents have floated it with them. But you know what, Cody. Considering he says a lot of dumb shit in the media, do you remember a few months ago when he said, ah, I reckon Punk's head back to WWE? And I'm pretty sure I said on this podcast that ah, Cody's full of shit, doesn't know what he's talking about. Fuck, turns out he was right. In the most weird way possible, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> who wants to see this? No, no, that's it. It's a distraction from WWE's point of view. Yeah. And yeah, it's like a version of having Punk, which is possibly the least impactful version, and where you have no control over him as well. Like he could say yeah. what he wants, probably on this show, could he? Is he is he going to be critical? That's the thing. And how long is he going to last? And has he watched wrestling in the last five years? It seems to me like he hasn't really watched any wrestling. Mm. So, where's his knowledge going to be? Where's yeah. his uh, perspective on this going to be? If he's being critical, mm. it's going to be odd. Because if it's him coming on and effectively doing sales pitches and everything's great and he starts using WWE verbiage, He's most just... of all, it'll be like, I mean, <laughs> it'll, t- you know, I'd imagine people will turn off in, you know, in droves. They just He's won't not really got a personality know. for it, though. Yeah. I've I, seen it. He's done a lot I've of MMA stuff. I've seen MMA. Stuff. And... Yeah. Sorry, Ben. But the commentary, I mean, the personality to deliver wwe corporatized business lines mm. to push like the brand mm. is he that person well that's it. it's part of the fox deal mm. and so this is going to be kevin dunn produced within an inch of its life which means he's gonna you know even if it's being hired by fox sports there's going to be obviously a case where um it's going to be wwe scripts mm. and the rest of it they're going to be going with it's not going to be Fox script. So, like, how exactly is this going to work? I can't see this show lasting, to be honest. I can't see the ratings. Because, like, UFC Tonight mm. covered controversial issues while at the same time being... Which, what hell, when he ended up getting... Well, exactly. Going in the end. Exactly. And yeah. I think Vince has got less tolerance for that than Dana and Lorenzo did yeah. at the end of the day. So I just can't see how long this is going to last if there's a critical edge to it. Do you remember those ESPN segments they were doing a couple of years ago? The Coachman. Yeah, yeah, and they lasted about a month, maybe a little bit more, because mm. they were just puff pieces about nothing at all. They're never mm. going to like they—they they are incapable of covering wrestling mm. from a more mm, how can I put it like artistic or 
shoot perspective, I suppose, for lack of a better term. Just well, just even talking of what is good and bad wrestling. But what their idea of what good wrestling is is completely different to what everyone else's version of good That's wrestling it, is. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that is subjective, I suppose. So, how do you establish that? With actual sports, it's less subjective. Well, there's a kind of finite result, isn't there? And you've exactly. got to go with it. And it's not good sides always win and the rest of it. But, yeah, yeah I, I'd... I don't know. What Empire thinks is good film is very different to sight and sound. Yeah. That way. Yeah, that's it. And that's where they're... I mean, maybe, maybe Punk being involved is some kind of indication that they are going to go from that point of view and try and be neutral, but the fact that as soon as they announce Booker T as one of the talking heads and Booker T joint with Jerry Lawler is like, like honestly, I'm, I'm anytime I watch a WWE pre-show, I'm impressed at how someone can talk so much and literally not say anything. Like it's, it's a skill in itself, but I, I mean, maybe they're going to go more talk and smack with this. Maybe that's like the direction they're going to go. And that's why Punk's name is being floated, but Gotta say though, I mean, it's not official, is it, that he's actually taking the job? Maybe he's just fucking with them, or maybe that's just the CM Punk fan in me, the uh, the fanboy hoping this isn't true that he's going crawling back to WWE slash Fox with his uh, tail between his legs, uh, or he's using it as a negotiating tactic to get more money from AEW, possibly. Uh, mm. But he's kind of fucked that up, hasn't he? Like that's the other part of this story that, like, oh, what, come Cody, on. they'd Co- have they'd have him in an instant. <sighs> big big tones, so reaction. Like we've we've learned this week, like Cody's. Yep. I read the Cody interview where he was asked about Punk again this week and Cody basically said, you know, no ego would get in the way of uh, us having CM Punk come in and then Meltzer said on his radio show, didn't he, that he'd heard. He kind of let it slip almost by mistake that, oh yeah, a few weeks, a few months ago when uh, when Punk did that interview where he where he ripped Cody in the books for always bringing his name up, uh, AEW weren't happy with him and they're not going to work with him now. Like, if, if Tony Carr is the, the temperamental billionaire son who basically he reminds me of like a character on succession jp that's what uh tony khan has reminded yeah. me of this week uh and he is throw he has really thrown his, to, yeah 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 he's very kieran culkin or one of his bro friends like you feel mm-hmm. like feel like punk's kind of by saying the things he said publicly and by this word getting out of the dude be thing i don't think he's done a very good job at all if he's trying to get his market value up um i don't know do you put stock in that do you think do you think that the AW side is as petty as what it sounds like the reports are, are making them sound? Obviously, Cody, like I said, was trying to defuse that this week. Yeah, I do worry about the temperament because it seems to be that the moment that kind of critical thought has come out, there's been a kind of like, and this is the idea of a company that's had these kind of open to the press at the pay-per-views that they've run before this. So mm-hmm. It's sort of a really big deal of this. And then I'm thinking of the TV ratings. As soon as that, that stuff was brought up, it got very, very defensive very, very quickly yeah. rather than kind of even kind of seeing the other perspective. And I'm, I'm wary of the temperament now at this stage. Yeah. I'm, I'm wary that like, because the way I look at it with this punk move, he's a genuine needle mover. If you're looking oh, yeah. to make a massive impact, he's worth much, much more to AEW than he would be last, to WWE. This is the last big comeback in wrestling that means that much. Yes. Mm. Oh, like, what else does? Like, Austin's never going to wrestle again. That doesn't... So that's not there to even think about. Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> Tony Norris. Yeah. He had his the, w- the real w- big run. time. I can, yeah. I can give him a Facebook message if you want me to see if Ahmed Johnson wants to come back in. Give him a shot. I'll give Daniel Amakachi a message, see if he wants to come in. As well. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, <laughs> I'll give Kitamura a message and see if he fancies coming out of retirement. There's a two-up. Jeez, well, imagine a trio. <laughs> yeah, I think he's all about... Uh, Kitamura just out. seems to be all about boobs and muscles still. That doesn't seem to have changed much. <laughs> but, but, it's a magazine, then. He basically is, yeah. <laughs> but like, to your point, like the CM Punk thing, like, he's, mm. he's made it clear through his double talk when he was at Starcast and in his latest interviews and through this negotiation... I've, I feel like the door's a little bit open there. And even if it's a little bit open, you know, the idea of getting CM Punk back. If I'm AEW, like, I know Rovert put on, I think it was Rovert that put on Twitter that, like, the, the rumour was that AEW had made an offer to Punk, but it was, like, a low-money offer and it was less than the likes of Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny are making. I'm sorry, you baked the bank for a CM Punk. Like, how? How CM Punk? And I know I'm a big CM Punk fanboy, so this is probably that part of me coming out as well. But how does he appear at Starcast <laughs> on the weekend of AEW's big big show in Chicago and you don't get something worked out? Like, that to me mm-hmm. makes me think there's more going on and maybe there's... Obviously, Punk can be a petty, bitter money-driven man, as we've seen with his uh, lawsuit mm-hmm. called Cabana that was uh, apparently resolved today as well. But maybe there's pettiness on that AEW side as well. But it had shocked me, really, because I'd just... I'd park the money truck outside his house and just keep adding zeros to it if it was me. But again, I say that yeah. as, as someone who, who once wrestled and dressed exactly like CM Punk, so... You know, break the bank for him. You break <laughs> the bank for that yeah. landmark comeback yeah. and that pop of that moment in Chicago. You think of the steam that that will give them. You think of the replay value that that would have had as well. You get, see if you can get cult of personality as well for that continuity. I don't know if WWE still have well, they they don't, it's, um, some, some sort of licensing fee. It's, for it, it's living colour. Yeah, 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 license yeah. For yeah. It, yeah. So... Yeah, you. I would absolutely be breaking the bank for that, and I don't understand how and why AEW wouldn't 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 offer him more and make him mm. the highest paid guy on the entire roster, mm. especially with the budget that they're operating with. As much as those guys have carved out a niche for themselves and made themselves stars off their own back, CM Punk is still a bigger star than all of them and has far more name value well, than every single one of them. If we want to look at terms of what he's been doing in his post WWE career, and it's obviously it's not all been sort of big successes but in the big hyped up stuff that he's done if you think of those two fights for USA from a commercial perspective there was a hell of a lot of interest particularly the first that fight first did, one, yeah. did half a million buys which UFC would kill for now they're not doing if they're doing half of those on ESPN Plus I'd be surprised that was on the same show as a quiet was it on the same show as like Stipe and Alistair Overeem or it was but Stipe and Alistair Overeem wouldn't have taken it to that no level. no I agree yeah, but there was yeah. still a, a oh yeah it was on a solid card yeah. but I would say he, he added on a couple of hundred thousand and buys onto a card like that and you know and the other one was the TV match that he had which still did good ratings I think or was that on the pay-per-view another I think it was a pay-per-view again another pay-per-view as well but I still think there were significant buys on that one Hmm. so for me I think there's there's clearly mileage in it do I think he can go probably not do I think it would last a long time Probably not. But you know what? In this case, for AEW, you get one chance to make a first impression. And if you can have something like that, where you're basically saying, no, this is the big deal by having that, that kind of, frankly, Luger at Mall of America type moment, it would actually end up creating some kind of like the serious buzz that would come from that Mm. and the intrigue that would come from that, Mm. especially from WWE fans, perhaps looking for something different. So, it would be there. Let's oh, hope sorry. it's all a work, mate. Let's hope yeah, when yeah. Matt Riddle is winning the NXT title on Wednesday, the CM Punk is turning up in Washington, D.C. at the same time. Mm. Yeah. 
we can only hope. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe him and Colt Cabana turn up arm in arm. The lawsuit's settled now. And calling, he's calling Colt Cabana a snake and all that on Twitter today. Like, doesn't, doesn't baby feel himself very often CM Punk? But they walk in arm in arm. Ace Steel following just behind them because he's quite clearly the lesser star in three. All credit to Ace Steel. Come on. He was always the leftover second City Saints. Uh, maybe that'd be a big headline if you get on Wednesday, uh, or maybe just go go local, get Batista in or Edge or something. But Punk is like the only other person reasonably in that category. Who I think you could you could actually get. Hasn't Edge got some sort of WWE contract still? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He was saying that. Yeah, he was on that paper. You not like? Yeah, he had that spear, didn't he? That would. That was the thing that makes everyone think because he quit his podcast with Christian. Uh, it made me think, and he did. He did hit that spear on that pay per view. Um, Maybe think, oh, and he's talked about wanting to wrestle again. Maybe, maybe, yeah, but maybe WWE is more likely for that. Um, but again, there you go. There's another option. Like, a, if I was, if this was a big game of EWR, which it seems to be for, for Tony Khan. Uh, yes, it is. My, my top list would be I'd try and get Steve Austin in. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. He's been all over WWE TV lately. But there was a period where he really wasn't, and you could have made that work. CM Punk or Batista are next in line, and I don't think Batista's happening anytime soon. So maybe it'll happen, but. Yeah, it's been a it has been a banner week for uh, for Big Tone Khan and his uh his EWR kind of uh, bucket of, of AEW. I love the the little news bit that came out in the Observer this week that uh, AEW Dynamite on TNT is called Dynamite because that was the name of the uh, of his wrestling promotion that he had uh, that that he that he fantasy booked himself as a kid. Uh, that's just are you joking? No, that's that was legitimately in the Observer this week. That's where Dynamite comes from. I didn't see. I've read that article in the Observer. Maybe I skipped over that bit or something, or I don't remember reading that. Wow, fuck did it? Like I makes you worried. It wasn't Chris Jericho's name when he was a kid and he was wrestling in at school. Christian Chris Jericho because he was a Christian. Imagine if he followed through with that one. And did a Jesus gimmick. Fuck me. What was, what was your name as a kid when you used to do that? Uh, that back that twenty four seven title stuff, Joe. Did you have a wrestler name? Oh no, we just used to be wrestlers like. A lot of the time, um, I remember being, uh, I used to like spearing people during a period. So I was rhino quite a bit for a period. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my mate was really good at DDT, so he was raven. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Give him ECW. Yeah, well, this was like early 2001. Who had a better DDT than him or Jake Roberts? Ah, Jake's the best, yeah. but uh, Jake wasn't around yeah. in 2001, mate. There well, were other things Jake was doing at that point. So. <laughs> he, went all two, he went all two at a time with toys, didn't he? And that's when it all went downhill I, I would, uh, for Jake Roberts, wasn't it? I would say when it comes to backyard moves, like DDT was always a favourite because it was easy to do as a kid. Perfect Plex, figure, uh, figure four leg lock, they were the uh, the big hits for me when uh, when I was a kid. Uh, my name that is- hurt. Figure four. Mm. Oh, you can, you can make that work as a shoes. And it turns out, JP, turning over doesn't actually reverse the pressure. I was shot when I found no, that. No, God, no. <laughs> it just hurt, hurt me quad. Uh, I did it to my cousin. I also tried doing it to my uncle, but he just it didn't hurt him at all. But I was about 12. I'll tell you what. Time. I can still do it very well. Good good work, mate. I wish Tony Khan booked you in Dynamite back yeah. in the day. I bet you'd have been a, the Irish ace or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see his booking sheets yes. or his little diary. You know he's still got them. He's got a spreadsheet somewhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a bit sad, isn't it? Let's be honest. He's like, he just like, uh, you know, it's the pressure of like TV's coming next week. Maybe I saw Voices of Wrestling kind of say everyone's being like, I don't think they were saying it as a criticism, but they were like, you know, I've never seen hyper criticism for anything like this, like what's happening with AEW right now. I'd dispute that a little bit because I think we're all hypercritical of WWE. We're hypercritical of uh, various British promotions. Uh, But, you know, the, the focus is on AEW right now, but Tony Khan's not coming across great like in like some of his public dealings and just like his you know we talked last week about this whole tnt thing and while we recorded he was going back and forth with our good friend will cooling about uh the itv tv deal and will was quite strongly putting the case together for why this is such a horrific deal you know the the late monday night early sunday morning deal and tone is still trying to defend it as a good idea he's still trying to act like you know the you know the negotiations are still going on and that the, it's the tv it's the i was told that there's offcom rules and will if you haven't seen it like will did the twitter thread explaining why the offcom thing is absolute bullshit why and a really good podcast on it on pw yes Talk. yes oh, so you're subscribing yeah. now jp do you listen to the torch stuff i love the torch yeah <laughs> well i am anyway i pay my 10 pound a month hi wade um, <laughs> um, i think he's done some absolutely stellar work on oh, this yeah. though like, mm. you know what will puts in the hours he puts in the effort he does the research i come on here and i crack stupid jokes about soap operas that were on 20 years ago he's doing proper work as will he's like fair play to him like he puts yeah. us all to shame yeah yeah well, that's it. He, he proper dug into the Ofcom stuff, and you know, JP, yep. you're a man who watches many sports. Like mm. this bullshit about the fact that oh yeah, well it's a US, the, the US have more adverts per hour. All these this nonsense, as Will pointed out, there's ways around it. If ITE yes, really are. wanted to, they could do what Sky did and and either use their their own advertising for their own programs because that doesn't count. They could just have an AW logo spinning on screen, which is what plenty plenty of other sports I'm sure you watch do, JP. Uh, little mm. ways around this if ITV wanted to and I think the thing that we find out or a delay with a slight edit yeah yeah I'll take that day after which half is, an hour Tony that's Khan's what stuck. Channel 4 did for them pay-per-views back in the day yeah. oh yeah, yeah do it a bit later but, on after they got the complaints for the first one with uh, Mae Young's boobs I was, was going to say that was they my, then yeah. were like an hour delay I remember watching did you ever watch that point of view where there was a, a load of complaints yeah. in about that show and it was like mums and dads complaining that it was uh violent and that and in fairness that they were advertising Aww. this this one in the morning show during four in the afternoon programming on uh on sunday night heat on uh on channel four on sunday afternoons uh, it was a good episode that terry wogan on wrestling that was a weird kind of moment wasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> i can remember I, I get really angry about that type of stuff when you get these parents who, who basically don't take in any interest in what their kids are actually kind of looking at and then suddenly get morally outraged by it. Mm-hmm. I can remember parents getting outraged about things like buying Grand Theft. I bought Grand Theft Auto for my 11-year-old and I was shocked and I was like, there's a fucking reason why there's an 18 on the front of the box. Mm-hmm. If you got to be asked to look at it, then this is all on you. And it is it, those kind of things when it comes to like the complaints, especially one in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> 
All I'll say is go to Europe and see what's on their telly at one in the morning. <laughs> Put it that way. Well, I'll find out this yeah. week. Yeah, exactly. uh, well, I'll find out on Thursday. Yeah, but yeah, actually, that's a it's it's great, JP, that you're so angry about. By the way, that something happened 19 years ago. But I do feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> still to this day, I'm still keeping it real. <laughs> It was annoying though, yeah. When they, uh, when they, they, I think they froze the screen, didn't they? When the Dudleys were powerbombing Lita or somebody through a table. Again, in hindsight, maybe with grown-up eyes, maybe that was that. That was a couple after that one. Was that? That was wasn't. That? Yeah, the Royal Rumble two thousand was like. Oh, I know, but this was when they started delaying it. Then they could do stuff. Ah, like uh, heat. They used to send to quite a lot. Mm. I remember they mm. cut away from table spots on heat and stuff. I remember a tables match? Mm. You didn't see the table spot on right to censor. God. Speaking of cutting up, I mean, 20 past eight on Sunday morning. Yeah, 20 past eight on Sunday morning on ITV4. It's good. Basically. Prime TV. How much are they going to be able to show? Yeah, AW isn't isn't airing in this country, basically, because Sunday morning, you're going to have to cut a load of shit out. On Monday night, it's a highlight show. Like, no amount of kind of putting fires out and... Getting the likes of Meltzer, like even Eve's ever Meltzer was very down the middle on this on this issue, talking about oh well, certain people have said Monday night on an ITV is a a good slot. Uh, obviously, certain people also said no, it's not. It's Dave knows Dave. jack shit about the UK TV at times. Mm. Like he shows, like at times there's that kind of like he, whatever source he speaks to over here at times he doesn't feel like he's fully just get him onto Will Coolin because yeah. he's, the, he's the man in the oh, know on this stuff you could see and Will's he's... work in the Observer this week it was like yeah. line by line of Tony Khan bullshit that Dave was clearly going to run with and then there are interjections within Dave's own writing that are clearly just things Will has said. Nope, that's bullshit. No, that's bullshit. It was a head fuck to read and a, an insight to what oh. the sausages made with the Observer to kind of piece it Dave apart. Probably, Dave probably thinks all he needs is to get a Matt LeBlanc promo in the front of it <laughs> on day nights and it's going to fucking capital into the stratosphere, doesn't it? Oh, they should. They really should. But like, Jesus. Uh, the issues don't even start there. Like you mentioned before, JP, obviously I'm going to mention later, I'm going to Germany later this week. Like Ian mm-hmm. Hamilton said, like there's a, the re- you know, within the EU, if you travel between EU countries, if you subscribe to a subscription service, and this is true, I listen to a daily tech news podcast uh, every day, I remember this story coming through, you are entitled to be able to watch that that streaming service anywhere within the EU, but fight a locking down the, the stream so that you can't watch it in Germany, Ooh, which is where it's going to be on Thursday. Yeah, Ian did the, the, the digging on this. Uh, speaking of uh, great journalism, like, uh, like Will. Well, there were other sources then. Let's get our country back. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. It's going to so be we, resolve we're going to complete soon. 180 and going pro Brexit now at this mm. stage, so we can watch AEW. So yeah. you can watch AEW in in Europe, <laughs> where you shouldn't be. For a, they've stolen our country. Yeah, and paying in euros as well. That dirty currency. At five pound a month for this as well. What? Like, I pay my TV license. I'd rather get I, a live showing and DVR. See, at the end I. Of I was yeah. thinking this because I saw someone else say this. I don't pay a TV license, so maybe a five is not so bad for a core cutter like me who doesn't watch live TV normally. Maybe, maybe through a, a subscription. I honestly, because I'm I'm going to be flying Thursday morning, so I'm going to not be able to stay up and watch the show. Um, mm. I was considering. You may as well, mate. If you it, honestly, t- TV license is going to cost you 150 pound a year. You're paying 60 for that fight alone. That's Get your TV true. license on. Nah, I'm not a not a BBC guy, Joe. We've been through this, uh, but I would get I would honestly pay for fight for the five pound thing if they had offline viewing. They don't even have that. And by the time I get to Germany, against the law, might it be I'm not going to be able to watch it anyway. So yeah, I'll be on uh, 
the various places that you can watch wrestling on the internet to watch it, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, that's the thing as well. I, I think they sort of have underestimated how much they're going to experience piracy as a result of mm. this as well. Like, they really are. Those watch wrestling sites are going to be inundated of people the next day. Mm. I'm sure they'll be YouTube. trying to get, get it down as quickly as possible. But, yeah, they are kind of shooting themselves in the foot with this. And also, the thing that really frustrated me about it is when Tony Khan put the excuse out about the um, live, live stuff and the amount of ad breaks and the rest of it, how much research had he done? And how, how much did he underestimate how easy this stuff is to research anyway? Because there was a suspicion around it, and simply looking at Ofcom guidelines proved that this was wrong. Had someone at ITV told him that? Was he trying to bullshit us? That, as fans, that's what I was wondering. And if he's just believed this gospel from an executive at ITV, like, has he gone in there with a lawyer? And how much does it, how much does his lawyer know television law if he's mm-hmm. going in there to negotiate with a lawyer? Like, that, that's the thing I wonder on this. It all just seems a bit haphazard, a bit lazy, if anything. Mm. Well, yeah, this is, I mean, I, I would say fundamentally the issue is I think ITV are getting cold feet. That's what appears to be it's the just case. It's pay-per-view content to them, isn't it? It's like, they don't care about this weekly TV show. Like, that's become clear. No. Like, but, so they, they've kind they of... They like lost. the idea of making money from pay-per-views. Yes. But they have to, they've, that's their thing. They're it, into that because that fits into the ITV strategy of trying to raise 100 million themselves as we went on to a few months back, actually. But how much is it going to cost to put programming on between 1 and 3 a.m. that would get better DVR figures and a few viewers, probably more than they would usually get at that time, because there might be a slight hardcore element watching it. Whereas how much of a hardcore element have they got watching, I don't know, Total Recall for the 50th time? Me. And I love Total Recall, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Yeah, great job. But yeah, oh, mate, I watched it like five times in three months. It was insane. Yeah. It's one of those, it's like they, they got like certain films that they own and they just replay them constantly. I, I, I could watch Total Recall every night. I'd be, I'd be fine with oh, that. Baby, you made me wish I had three hands. Sorry, I don't know why I've gone into that. <laughs> don't worry. I, I, mate, I can yeah. quote Total Recall all day, especially the bits of Harry from work, Sharon Stone. Is See you at the party, Richter. Yeah. Horrible <laughs> yeah. yeah. scenario. Quaid and Hauser. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know- I thought you said you had three kids. I <laughs> lied. <laughs> Get your ass to Mars on a, on a glitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Melina! So I'll carry the on. The remake is a fucking I was going to say, disgrace. how about that remake, lads? You know, that was... Oh, that, that's what one of those is things it about, that if I remember rightly, a giant tube that connects the US to Australia? Hmm. Or did I dream I that? I never watched it. It looked shite. Absolute fucking balls. Well, all I'll say is we've got far more excited about Total Recall than we have... <laughs> AEW Dynamite. So maybe all we want is Total Recall every night or every week rather well, than the more, AEW. The more we've seen, one of the byproducts of all of this is my interest in ITV4 as a channel is definitely <laughs> shot. I'm looking at this going, it's a bit of me there. Bit of minder, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mate, ITV4 seems like actually be better off getting some classic All Japan in and sticking that on. <laughs> that would probably more fit in with the kind of demographic of just like, at least it's just big lads fucking lumping each other. <laughs> some classic Bill episodes on there and i'm there yeah although drama they're on drama so i watched two of them yesterday classic bill followed by the miracle violence connection on itv4 it's my dream channel if if anyone's curating that channel it's me (laughs) (laughs) you can get the job 
get you the job as the late night producer, throwing in the ad breaks for uh, AW Dynamite, and also just putting whatever you want on before and after. That's a fair deal. How can you do that for free, Joe? That's. I'd be well up for that, mate. And I wouldn't fob Tony Khan off. I'd be like, Tone, I want you on, pal. <laughs> but these, the, the, I, I, I mean, of the eleven forty-five slot that they've got on ITV on ITV One. I mean, A, and I know this is something that Meltzer mentioned, A, we don't really have the culture of late-night TV here. Mm. Like, and that's something in the States. we used to more so. It would have been with, like, the chat show at half ten, possibly, or whatnot, back in the day. But we've kind of really moved away from it. It's very, obviously, people's viewing habits are segmented at the best of times as well. Fragmented. Fragmented, even, yeah. I kind of look at it as whether or not they're going to be able to you know, make it actually kind of mean anything because I wouldn't be surprised at that time of night that it doesn't do anything like, you know, half a million, which actually would sound excellent for it. Mm. But is it, I mean, if you're thinking of how much TNA did, one of the issues is TNA did good ratings on Challenge for a long time. For the, for the most part, it never translated into actual revenue for the company. In a but lot it of translated ways. into good houses over it. Yes, it did. And I think AEW have probably got more of a base and more of a way of establishing themselves in the market where they could translate that in some way, that, in the way, sorry, that TNA weren't able to do because I think they seem to be investing in the product in a lot more kind of how can I put it, um, in a more forward-thinking way than TNA ever did with their product. So, you know, I really do want this to succeed. I want it to be good. I'm urging it on. Yeah, we're being critical about it before it started. Because we want it to be good. Because we want it to be good. And there's been so much setback and so much kind of controversy around it before it's even begun. And I don't think this would have been there if they hadn't, if Cody hadn't said months ago that they had ITV as a, as a, as a platform essentially for the TV show. And I think they all got very excited. I think they assumed various things were going to happen and it's not happened. And there's a sense of disappointment rather than a buzz going into that Mm. first show now. And that's a real, real shame, but I'm hoping they're going to deliver some absolute quality TV. I don't know if they will, but we'll be here mm. talking about um, what great television this is. I'm not confident, if I'm honest, mm. uh, but no. let's hope they surprise us. I was going to ask you that. Like, what do you think we'll be doing like, when we sit down to talk about AEW next? Like, do you think we're going to be saying, what a show? Or do you think we're going to be saying, what a shit, what, what, a, what a shit show instead? Like, I'm, I don't know where I am on expectations for this show. Like, just to... Briefly, like the cards for, for this Wednesday, yeah, Cody Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara, Nyla Rose versus Rio, Kenny in the Box versus Jericho, and two mystery partners that presumably are LAX, but you never know who else it might be. Mm-hmm. Pac versus Hangman Page is happening on the TV show, and MJF versus Brandon Cutler is on the show as well. Apparently, there's a Moxley interview there. They could do a couple of surprises. You never know. They've stacked it. Uh, that's a lot of yeah. matches, though. I mean. You're going to talk about NXT in a little bit. NXT has become the matches show. It's like two hours of pure in-ring content. I yeah. wonder what AEW is going to look like. I know there was a, an interview this year with that. It was either the books or Cody say this week saying that there won't be... Uh, or was it in The Observer? can't remember, JP, where they said there wasn't going to be any backstage promos. It was going to be more... you know, No, no backstage angles. There will be promos in-ring, but there won't be any of that kind of, you know, pretending there's not a camera there, WWE stuff. That fills me with some positivity. I mean, based mm. on that card... Does that mean and, the librarians are gone then? 
I doubt that they're going to be around until Marty Scale turns Eight. up and breaks one of the fingers. That's that. That's where yeah. we're going with that. I mean, but but based on like like that lineup and what we know and you know how things have gone on the pay per views and the YouTube shows and the the interviews, do you think we're going to be here next? You know, next talking about like how how great the show was, or do you think we're going to be scratching our what? What do you think we're going to be more likely doing? Um, scratching our heads or <sighs> or being happy with it? I think ultimately we're going to end up more scratching our heads. I can see it just being an entirely mixed bag of stuff that is good and fun and stuff that's just complete nonsense and needs to go. And it's going to be tonally, if it's anything, all we've really got to go on are the other shows that they've run. And apart from All In, weirdly enough, the one that wasn't really AEW, but since then, just they've been kind of all over the place tonally. Like hard to get a grip. It's a bit more focused when it's the bigger shows, mm. so all out and double or nothing. But those show other shows in between, they're just kind of all over the shop. And I kind of feel that those smaller shows are actually going to be close to what the TV product is. And if that's the case, then in terms of the quality wrestling, I'm not entirely sure. It depends on what the layout. I think there's going to be a lot of. I'm going to talk about it with with like with NXT, where for me there's a lot of good stuff on there hmm. as much as anything else rather than stuff that I think is really great. So I think the AEW stuff is going to be more buzzworthy. At yeah, first, yeah. Especially the NXT stuff. I think the NXT TV show is probably always going to be good. Hmm. Um, I've watched the last couple. They have been absolutely solid, really enjoyable for the most part. I think the AEW TV will have a little bit more kind of notable about it in the NXT show mm. because ultimately the AEW guys have been projected to their audience, their core audience, as absolute stars, whereas this is third-tier third WWE. Mm. So I think naturally there is going to be more of a buzz on that product to begin mm. with. But I don't think it's necessarily about the match quality going into that show. I think you do Cody and Sammy Guevara six minutes, clean Cody win, fun match, some mad spots from Guevara. Mm. Cody looks great. Cody looks like a star. I think the six-man needs to be a, a really great six-man match where the LAX guys and the Bucks put in that real work rate while you get a few moments of Omega and Jericho possibly. Um, I think the MJF match needs to be an angle where you establish MJF in mm -hmm. some way. I think Nyla Rose should be squashing whoever she's Rio. facing. I can't, is that Japanese woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, yeah, from uh, yeah, just have Nyla Rose squash. It's a really her. small one. Because they need to establish Nyla Rose, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. And they fucked her over by making her wrestle a regular match in that freeway when she should have been looking like a monster. Mm -hmm. So they need to go back on that. I think it will be fine. I don't think it's going to be blow away, but I think they need some hot angles and some hot moments to get them underway. Because I think ultimately you can have great matches throughout the show, but if it's a TV show, a TV show shouldn't be just about great matches. I think you save your great, great matches for your pay-per-views mm. and you get your critically acclaimed pay-per-views, whereas you get your well-received story-focused TV mm. to drive you through those months with a good match here and there. So mm. I think Pack Hangman Page will probably be a decent match. But mm. yeah, I think they need to get off to a hot start and they need something big on those first couple of shows. Like, honestly, I think I'm kind of past TV wrestling. I've said it on here before. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know how much you're going to get out of me in terms of how much I'm going to love a TV wrestling show anymore at this point in time. Mm. I'll probably be watching AEW, I reckon, consistently up until the new year, I reckon. And then at some point, you know, I might just start skipping through the show. We'll see how it goes. 
we'll see how good it is ultimately. But yeah, like I've said near before, I, I find it hard enough to get whatever wrestling we have to watch for this show in each one. <laughs> and again, I've watched the least wrestling of any of us. I just can't get it in amongst my other interest and amongst what else I do in life. So I'm going to have to kind of sacrifice yeah. various things that I do in the week or various things that I watch in order to get this stuff in. Yeah, it's, it's going to have to be good to keep your attention like with so much competition out there. And I'm... Yeah, I, I mean, it's the no, the novelty factor is going to keep us watching every week. You know, for that first week, I'm going to be getting up from a flight on Thursday morning, and the first thing I'm going to be doing is trying to find a, a way to download it so I can watch it on my flight and on my trip out to Oberhausen because it's big news right now. And, you know, we're going to be talking about it on this podcast a lot in the, in the first few weeks. So absolutely, whether it's good or it's bad. I think for me, I, I think my main expectations are that, you know, that's a decent list of matches I just mentioned there. There's. You know, every, like you said, every chance that 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 books uh, Kenny six man's gonna be gonna absolutely kill it. Every chance Adam Page and Pac's gonna be an incredible match. I, more than anything, though, I just want it to be different. I just want it to feel different. And to be fair, the AW big shows have felt different. They've felt very WCW in still some ways, very indie in some negative ways, but also in positive ways as well. I just want this TV show to feel like something new. I don't want you know do be backstage promo segments which it sounds like we're not going to have that type of thing i want it to be shot differently i want the cameras to look different i want the mm. I, I just want you know the that whole road to dynamic with the talking heads i hope that makes it onto the tv show because you know that's some of the best stuff that they're doing away from the being the elite skits the actual serious documentary style stuff that they're doing i hope they use a lot of that to build matches but yeah all yeah. in all i'm just hoping for a different presentation of wrestling because there is so much out there that you know if we if we wanted an alternative tv wrestling show mlw is out there killing it every week and we don't watch it impact are doing great things out there you know there's beyond even on you know independent wrestling tv if you really want to you know dig deep to find tv wrestling but what we're missing is a big budget you know maybe not wwe alternative but a big major league company doing a different kind of TV show to what we've seen all these years that will hold attention. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quietly, despite a lot of the negativity the last couple of weeks and despite some of the, uh, you know, some of the guy, the, the people who work for AEW and in higher up positions not coming across great all, all this last week especially, I'm still quietly positive on it. I'm still expecting to get up Thursday morning and, and to watch, you know, an enjoyable product and to have something that might not be perfect, but will certainly have mm. lots of interesting <clears throat> talking points and will hopefully, like I say, keyword there, be different and, and offer me something that, you know, do we do we aren't and offer me something that's worthy of paying attention every week that maybe for whatever reason, the other weekly TV products that are, that are out there right now are, are giving me. And I think one thing to remember as well is this stuff is going to change and probably adapt over time. You look at, um, great shows that have lasted a long time and at times it takes them a little while to fully find their identity and fully find what they are. Mm-hmm. Look at some of those old Raws, for example. Um, you even look at something like, say, well, I'd go as far as to say Nitro at the beginning as well. Mm-hmm. Look at even, say, like old episodes of The Simpsons from the first series when mm-hmm. Homer's got weird colour hair and he's got a slightly different voice and <laughs> Smithers, Smithers is a different race. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it just... It's a, not the greatest comparison, uh, but at the same it time, works. I don't know if it's going to have its identity down immediately. Yeah, I think yeah. we're going to expect a lot of it, but I wonder if it's completely fair of us to expect a lot of it. But I think because they've promised a lot, 
that's why we expect a lot of it. That's basically it. And I think you, you've kind of, between you, kind of hit on a lot of the key points. I think the, the main things they've got to do is they have to differentiate themselves. If they look like WWE, then they're making the TNA mistake, mm. which was always the issue, yeah, mm. of that. And I, but you, you've hit the nail when it comes to different camera angles about how they shoot this, how they shoot the wrestlers, how they present the wrestlers. That's serious. Moving away from like no librarian to much more. Or like on the road to, like you said, with the talking heads and actually treating this with a level of respect and seriousness. I think that's what you what you can do. It's just that it's preventing themselves from doing the wacky, which is, I think, a lot of the kind of instinctive things they like to do. And that stuff can work at a live small show when you're working around on the indies. But And you mentioned about shows not finding their time. The One of the issues they've got is they don't really have time. They've kind of got a year a year for this mm. to build up enough ratings and enough of the way of ad revenue that TNT or certainly another station would pay them money for their content. So what they've got to do is be able to kind of show that self-restraint, which at times I've been very wary. I've been wary about. Look, let's be honest. We're a podcast that finds it hard to employ self-restraint. Yeah, that's true. And find it hard to veer away from wacky yeah. when we should be doing serious analysis. Yeah, but people no, make a conscious choice come over to us. We're not on TNT for two hours, are we? Or fine. Or fine, Not yeah. paying a fiver for this. Exactly. Get yes. the three. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you get what, when I say you get what you're given, that's why. Yeah, that's it. Well, let's hope they do better numbers than us anyway. Uh, what you... What you like, I won't go. I won't spend ages on it because I know people don't love the TV ratings. What do you reckon they'll do TV rating-wise? Like, do you reckon uh, NXT did, what, almost 1.2 million and then dropped down to a mi- closer to a million on week two? AEW does better than that, do you think? I think anything over, like, 500,000 is acceptable, I think. Mm. This is in the US as well, obviously, with the UK number being questionable with the earrings. But just purely talking US, do you think they cracked that million or do you think they're close to it? I think if they're close to it, people are going to... Painted as a loss, but I think that's still a win. They do seven, eight hundred thousand. I think that's uh, that's solid enough um, to build on. Hard to say because we're not there in the US either. We're not seeing how this is being advertised and marketed on US television. Sounds like they're doing uh, a lot. Not... Say it again. Sounds like they're doing a lot, like in the raw ad breaks and stuff. Apparently, there's been ads in most of markets and stuff. Mm-hmm. It does sound like they're pushing it. Yeah. Okay. I think I, I honestly, I would like to think that they have a big start. And they do over a mil for the start. If NXT on USA can draw that audience, I know they've got the advantage of Raw and SmackDown as well, but I think there is a big wrestling audience out there who are kind of excited to see something different, and it shows that they're willing to watch wrestling on a Wednesday night as well with that NXT audience, and I'm hoping that, yeah, hopefully we get over a million for that first mm. that first air, and there's a little bit of momentum there, but who knows? I, it's so hard to judge this. I think just under a million. I don't think it'll beat NXT. I think the real issue is, and this is the thing with the initial kind of TV, it's the kind of stuff you've got to check in a couple of months' time. Because yeah. at that point, then the audiences <clears throat> themselves would have settled down, mm. you would have imagined. Mm. So it's whether or not they're able to increase from there and kind of go go forward from that. And that's the, the initial starting block, and all it is is a lack of name recognition is the thing that prevents them from doing higher ratings. Because then it just becomes after a while they do that. Then also, if it starts to get some buzz, you can do things like, I don't know, appear on Conan, who appears mm. on TNT, and that would that would definitely help. I think it's at those points you start to get the other kind of pop culture aspects to it, where 
I don't know. And this is the kind of stuff it would have been good to get the Bucks or Kenny on a talk show. The likes of, uh, say, easy to say, Jimmy. You could see Cody and Brandy on it. On yeah, a, yeah, I definitely can. Yeah, I'd throw them. I wouldn't be sending Kenny to that, to be honest. Like, no, you're right. <laughs> All the yeah, fucks. You'd be throwing Cody and Brandy for that, but that's exactly the you kind know what? of. That's what like, she's good for. To be fair, I gave her a lot of grief last week. Poor Brandy. Yeah. She can talk very well. I'll give her that. Yeah, she can. I mean, as, as a kind of figurehead to the general public, as mm. just like a, a as as a public face, I think she she's very good for that. Mm. Definitely. Not at wrestling. Repeat, not at wrestling. <laughs> Keep that away from it, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, things like that could help with, like, the positive, like, momentum. I would say, I mean, one other positive, that just a clarification from last week as well, the, uh, after the uh, the whole Southside thing, we do to be pulling uh, pulling their, their, you know, their really, they really needed El Ligero, uh that weekend and pulled the talent from the Southside. AW were actually the good guys in the situation. Cody and the Bucks both commented on it and they sent, they've sent over MJF and Sean Spears for Southside's last show. I think that's a, that's a really shrewd move with, you know, a very, very small subsection of a subsection of the fan base, but keep yourself on board as a good guys, lads. I appreciate that and, yeah, we also got a we got a bit of a on that link to that we got a bit of a clarification too that uh of the current Southside champions, lads are led you down a dark path. Yep. Valhalla Rob Lynch is in fact not the Southside champion. Gutting. It's Sean Custom. Ricky Knight Jr. is the cruiserweight champion though. Um Okay. Tags Just one last point on the AEW TV show as well, though. One thing I've wondered, say if they got a TV deal in the UK, if there was a preemption one week for Crufts. Do you reckon Tony Khan would be all right with that? <laughs> I think. I mean, it's basically his porn, isn't it? Well, I'm just thinking the Westminster Dog Show that used to preempt Raw when we got stuff like Thursday Raw Thursday <laughs> and uh, Shawn Michaels losing his smile. I bet he was well happy. I bet he was kind of like, well, I love Raw, but this Westminster Dog Show only comes along once in a while. <laughs> yeah. well, that was knob out, like, definitely. I mean, shit, Tone. Stay off my DMs, mate. Uh, like, I. <laughs> I was I was dead parroted this week. Barking up the wrong tree, lad. <laughs> I did repost that flag this week. The uh, the Tony Khan wanks dogs flag. Oh, I was kind of worried I was going to start getting uh, some DMs big t- on big tone, but it hasn't happened. Instead, I just wound up with loads of randoms on Twitter who haven't tweeted about anything but AW for six months, uh, giving me grief. But no bites from big tone. Maybe he's a listener though. Maybe he'll hear this show and he'll. Uh, He'll come calling. Um, I'd be I'd be astonished if he's got as far as he has because <laughs> the, we we've been pretty relentless in the um in the Tony Khan talk, haven't we? For yeah. for quite some time. That's it. But you know, throw throw the throw the the dog a bone, as it were, and yeah, give him a nice exactly. show, and he'll be uh, he'll be made up. And that's what he'll get as well. But I'll leave that. <laughs> And the rest. Yeah. Exactly. Just briefly, because it's kind of oldest news now, but you both mentioned that. I haven't actually had a chance to see it. Maybe that shows my my interest in NXT in general. You both mentioned you saw NXT there. Any notes yes. on that? Did you enjoy it overall as a show? Probably, probably not worth uh, breaking down the match by match again. No, if we do that, we'll go kind of into it. I would say, actually, it felt very, very similar to the last show. And this version of TV wrestling, and we were both saying to each other as we were watching the game tonight, I was like, oh, we both watched NXT. Mm. And we both watched all of it, pretty much. I have to admit, like, we both did the same thing. The main event, I couldn't give a shite about. The main event was kind of dull. Yeah. As much as I quite like some of the guys. Uh, it's Kushida it, and Brizango versus Eichner, Wolf and Bartel. Yeah, Walter no Walter. Match. But it was it, like, yeah, I like Imperium, but the match was a bit dull. And it, it, I realised I don't, I haven't missed Kushida one little bit. That's that's the big takeaway. Seen too me, much like, of him, haven't we, over the years? Like, if you haven't, mate, thought, you'd be into it. Yeah. 
uh, to be honest, I felt like I'd seen too much of Kushida after seeing him on this show. Yeah, like, it sounds saying. awful. It's, like, it's not a bad wrestler. I'm completely bored from him. If you thought the stuff he was doing in New Japan was stale, Jesus. Yeah, I didn't have an interest in seeing him again. But as a show, the NXT show was perfectly mm. good. It was perfectly enjoyable. There were some good matches on there. I thought Keith Lee against Dominic uh, against Dijak or Dijakovic yeah. was a really fun spot match. It was basically two blokes hitting really big moves on each other for just over 10 minutes. Mm. I've seen them at better matches where there's more of a story laced in, but it was kind of a spectacle match where it was like big move after big move and kind of athletic spots from big guys. Um, it made me realize that as much as I love Keith Lee, I think Dijakovic probably has more chance of actually making it in WWE because there's a little bit more aggression to him than Keith Lee and I think Keith Lee's kind of there's a star presence there when he projects it properly when he's allowed to project it but I wonder if his goofiness isn't going to help him here whereas I think if he went more badass Mm. and was able to project a little bit more aggression a little bit more explosiveness at times as well. He'd be all right. Whereas Dijak, I think, is really fucking explosive. Mm. And for a guy of his size, he offers something different to, say, your Randy Orton's and the rest of them who don't work hard and just do stuff that's apparently really intelligent and really smart. But give me uh, Dijak over a Randy Orton any day of the week at this point. So I could see him I could see him making it, if I'm honest with you. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he's someone I've always yeah. liked. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a fun match, not anywhere near the, the the other matches they've had in the past. I enjoyed Riddle versus Killian Dane. I was. didn't. I actually was quite bored. I, oh. I don't think Dane's very good. I think I've only ever seen Dane have matches I've enjoyed against New Japan talent. Tanahashi. Oh, in yeah. Rev Pro. Mm. Um, Nakamura, Ishii as well. They beat Ishii, didn't they? Whereas I've never, I've never enjoyed one of his matches outside of those New Japan matches. I just I couldn't, and I love Riddle. I couldn't get into it at all. Riddle, you not? no, I don't know oh, what okay. it was. I don't know what it was. It's a, it's a Dane problem. It's, it's Matt Viddle versus an Irishman. I think. He's an Ulsterman, though. He's still an Irish. It's on the island of Ireland, mate. Is that because there's a United rugby team that you're kind of all right with? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right with it in general. What okay. else could we unite JP? Yeah. Which What's could you unite the football play? teams? Yeah. Could you get away with that? Uh, what in terms of like in Northern Ireland? Hmm. I have, I have no resentment whatsoever. My brother-in-law's from Northern Ireland, so I'm not, I'm not bothered in the slightest by it, like, of, of the Northern Irish sides. Although I know a Northern Ireland fan in Oxford who absolutely loathes the Republic of Ireland, like, loathes them, and it's just like, he, I can never understand why it's kind of irrational. He's very much the exception and not the rule. Mm. I mean, I'd go to a game at Windsor Park, my accent, I'd be laughing, I'd be fine. <sighs> I just wouldn't have to, you know, just wouldn't. Say my name. Be one of the top geezers there, wouldn't you? I would be. One of the boys. Yeah. One of the (laughs) fellas. Burberry scarf over my mouth. Yeah. Arms out. One of the faces. Kind of like uh, football hooligan gimmick Danny Birch and his acting partner Only Lorca. Oh, that's a good link. Who you're going to get to see this week, Benno, and I'm kind of jealous because I think they're a great tag team. Yeah. Although here, this match, they gave loads of offense to this Everise tag team who was shit. Matt Martell. Um, and then as no, soon as yeah. Birch and Lorcan went on offense, I was like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Those guys are great yeah. on offense. The ending was stuff was great as well, where he just screams out Oni. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. Oni Lorcan yeah, yeah, gets yeah. up. And it was, it was, yeah, whenever they were, this, see, I like the squash match idea of during this, because it kind of, it's where on Raw, there would be a talking segment. But this is why I don't think this show is going to be hot. Yes. When it's third tier WWE, and if they're doing this every week, 
why would you watch this when you could switch over and see bona fide superstars in the other company? It's like, would you watch, I don't know, um, superstars in 1997 or Nitro? Well, I don't think, and this is the overall point from this, I don't think in a month to two months' time, certainly, I don't think this show looks anything like this. Mm. I think there's going to be enough change at that point. When they start, they're a reactive company at the best of times. Imagine how they're going to start reacting to quarter hours and what they think draws and what doesn't. They still read a lot more into that. They're not willing to give things time. I still think they're going to be ultimately very reactive and they're going to look at someone and go, well, Cameron Grimes, his quarter hour's down, therefore <laughs> we'll stop pushing him. Um, and it's... And I think that's, and I think there's going to be the preponderance of moving people across as well. Um, I think, yeah, they're going to end up with uh, around the same time the XFL starting as well. That seems to yeah. be forgotten in this conversation. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I wonder where this is going to be. As this is, this is a fine version of NXT for what it is. It's yeah. effectively like I've seen a couple of what would be good episodes of NXT that just happen to go an hour and a half when it's on the network without any of the ad breaks mm. on there. But overall, if you didn't see this, if I was telling you to go out of your way, I mean, for me, there's nothing over the two weeks that's hit four stars. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. There's, no, and, there's nothing to go out, the way, out of your way for. Yeah, the, the fact you haven't seen this, Ben, I'd say, well, do you know what? You've you've seen versions of it. It's fine. If, unless there's people you specifically want to focus on. If you've got a spare hour and a half of your week. Yeah, you are, yeah. If you got a spare hour and a half in your week, I'd say it's worth it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I tell you what, if it's seven, like seven eight years ago, when I had a lot more time on my hands, I'd have watched this every week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And that's the thing right now. It's like you said there, you know, nothing above four stars. Like a three point seven five or four star match should be, you know, five years ago, that's worth going out your way to see, isn't it? At this point, it's ten a pound, yeah. and you probably need more to uh, <clears throat> keep that's people's it. interest. Um, but yeah, if to be honest, I, I haven't had much spare time this week, and rather than spend the hour and a half on that, I literally spent the half an hour before, well, the hour before this podcast. <laughs> Digging out the New Japan Fighting Spirit Unleashed show just so I could see the Rock and Roll Express do Canadian Destroyers. And I was disappointed by that because there wasn't a Canadian Destroyer. Uh, that's what I, you need something like that to hook me in and get me watching. Uh, rather than a, you, you need the uh, the unique with, rather than just you know, jaded, four mate. star matches. Come on. I want to I want to see the Rock and Roll Express team with uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. I'm got right, so I start at the end. I'll tell you what, there was a belt in Canadian destroyer in that uh, Keithley Donovan Digest. Oh yes, the one off the second. Oh round. my that god, with DDB guys on Twitter losing their shit about that. One of the uh, one of the revivals. Somebody else said something about it, like a oh a Canadian destroyer is just a hip toss now, is it? Yeah, it is. That's indie wrestling now. Sorry. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool though. Um, but yeah, I'm a bit gutted, Benno, because I started the New Japan show yesterday. Mm. I watched the first two matches with a couple of young boys in, just for JP's benefit. <laughs> I got to the Rock and Roll Express match. Uh, I watched a film with my girlfriend, and I was going to go back to it. What film? Castaway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks. What, what we hadn't was... seen it in close to 20 years, and we're like, uh, do you reckon it holds up? I didn't like it at the time. We were wondering whether it held up. Does it's it? not very good. Oh. You know what, Wilson? Mm, too, too, schmaltz, too schmaltzy at the end, bit awkward. Oh. Uh, the, the way it's laid out doesn't really work. Um, I would say it's narratively flawed. The best moments at the moment are Tom Hanks on his own an island. Uh, and it's, I love Tom Hanks. Very few actors could carry that film, if you ask me, in the way that he did. But anyway... Well, um, <laughs> uh, go on, Joe. 
Do you want to talk Tom Hanks films? I can carry on if you want. I was, to be honest, I was just going to say I went to see Hobson Shaw last week. That was my cinema experience oh. this week. I was just to throw that in there. You know what? Second Greg's reference in a show. There was a Greg's in a Fast and Furious film, and that really made me very <sighs> happy. Uh, they did the, they did the car chase scene that was in London, but was actually shot, I think, in Edinburgh, and they drove past the big Greg's. And I was like, there you go. There's a film with Dwayne the Rock Johnson in and a Greg's. Roman Reigns is in there. Doesn't speak much. You can tell they didn't trust him. He gets a couple of he gets his big spots in. Uh, so he gets the Samoan drop in. I think he hits a Superman punch or a spear. I was going to say, he must have hit that, yeah. Yeah, but you don't read. There's another Samoan, like older one, because he's allegedly one of Rock's brothers, um, who gets all the speaking parts, and it just made me think that yeah, maybe they didn't trust our Roman. You know, he didn't, in the cinema I was in, he didn't get a reaction yeah. when he came on screen, JP. No cheers or booze. Um, but maybe, yeah, maybe, it was fine, but maybe I should have watched Castaway. Should have got the Usos in. <laughs> yeah. There you, go. you know what? Throughout the film, the Rock kept calling his Samoan brothers Oos. Like I felt like that was a nice little shout out to uh, to Rikishi and yeah. the fam uh, that he's thrown in there. But no, uh, as everyone knows who listens to this, I'm a big Fast and Furious fan, and it wasn't quite worthy of that can. It was solid, but it wasn't wasn't spectacular. But yeah, do you know what would have got that audience cheering? Go, Matt LeBlanc. Yes, the fucking place would have exploded because <laughs> this country can't handle its shit when it comes to Joey from Friends. Very true. Um, I didn't Lost in Space bomb. Remember that? It did. I saw that in a cinema so in the I. US. Shite. Absolutely awful. Yeah. Anyway, we were talking about New Japan. <laughs> um, I did see the, the Rock and Tanahashi match. <laughs> and I enjoyed it very much. Uh, Tanahashi doing air guitar with uh, with uh, Morton and Gibson is uh, is everything it was supposed to be. Um, got a nice little... Uh, we got a suicide dive. We didn't get a Canadian Destroyer, but I did see a couple of gifts from the, uh, the Philadelphia show that I had that on. Did you watch it, JP? No, I haven't oh. seen it yet. The only thing I'll be watching from the New York show, from that Hammerstein ballroom one, is the uh, Rock and Rolls Tanner. Oh, you're right? not going to watch uh, Lance Archer against Clark Connors? Oh, I might do now. Oh, you said good. That. Yeah, good? yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay. Lance Archer's awesome. I was watching the Lance Archer match thinking Keith Lee needs to go more Lance Archer in terms of aggressiveness, explosiveness, mm. throwing himself around a bit, being a bit reckless at times because it's worked for him and it's got him over that little bit more. And he was great here. I want to see more Lance Archer. Yeah. I want to su- see him over here. I'm surprised I want to see him over haven't. in Red Pro. I'd really like to see him in a US title match at one of the Dome shows this year mm. against Juice Robinson or uh, John Moxley, potentially, whoever's got the bell at that time. But... A nice 10-minute featured match on that show for him would be great. To be honest, I think in terms of him not being featured, I wondered, given his injury record after the G1, they just gave yeah, him a true, bit of time true. off. Mm. And that might be the case. I wouldn't be surprised seeing him. I don't know who he's uh, wrestling at King of Pro Wrestling. but I don't know if he's on the card. If he's on he? the card. I wouldn't be surprised if he's there in some form. Because obviously at that point, he'd be starting to building up to the dome. It's part of a US title match. I think that would work an absolute treat. I think him and Juice. I think I think the crowd would be well into that as well. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Fantasy bucket from JP there. Sorry, I was just looking exactly. at the King, King of Pro Wrestling card just to see if he's on there. He's not. Very sad. He's uh, but we have, you know, we've got Liger Suzuki, Osprey, El Fantasmo, uh, mm-hmm. Moxley versus Juice, where I feel like this is Moxley's swan song from New Japan. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to drop the belt and leave. And we got Ibushi, Evil, and Okada Sonata again. Uh, I'll probably be skipping those two matches. Oh, if we oh, about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm definitely. I'll I'll wait for the three point nine three average rating on Grapple. <laughs> deciding not to watch it. You know what's coming. As people you? go, it's the same match again. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, I'm. In- are you interested in anything else on that card? I think I'm. I'm interested. I think Moxley Juice. That was one of the the more different matches from the uh, from the G1. I'm kind of hyped yeah. to see that. Still, uh, I think that'll be fun. I think now when I think ELP Osprey will be great. Mm. And I think I think this could be obviously for ELP. This could be like the biggest, certainly the biggest match of his career. Mm-hmm. And so, knowing what what Osprey tends to be like in terms of elevating people, I hope this is the point where they just move on from Os. This is his last sort of action necessarily within the junior division, possibly certainly as a singles, mm. and then kind of move him on to possibly what might be the match against Zach at the Dome, mm. if we're thinking that way for the for the Rev Pro belt. And obviously, there's lots of storyline stuff they can do there. So I'm kind of I'm looking forward to that. Um, obviously, you know, Liger Suzuki mm. for what it will be and what angle it leads to afterwards, because we spoke about it last week and where that goes. It's it's difficult to tell, but I'm certainly intrigued by it. It looks like a good card. Yeah, I was just thinking, JP. You mentioned I had to research it. You mentioned Okada Sonada. We'll keep an eye out for our three point nine seven. Just looking at the. Gareth put a graphic out today. The top 10 matches from August for Grapple users usually gives it a month for the ratings to come in. Number 7, Okada Sonada, 4.51 from the G1. That was a really well put together match. That was the oh, best of the matches 10, they've ever... Oh. It was re- it was really good. It was the best of their matches that they've had. The crowd were with it. The way that they yeah. timed it and paced it out to that 29... 29.50 mark that it yeah. ended on... It was a very well constructed match for what it was. I, I can't see this one being as good. I'll no. be honest with you. I hope they play off the previous match, but in terms of, like I say, the structure of the match, the pacing, the fact it did play off some of their previous matches as well, with that time as a kind of gimmick in there as well, and as a framework for the match to take place under. Yeah, it was a more successful match than they've ever had previously i i think i went four and a half on it yeah, and i've right, not yeah, been a, i've yeah. not been a fan of their previous matches but that one particularly for me stood out amongst what they've had previously and the moment at the end when sonada actually won the crowd were into yeah i'm never going to get sonada but it worked on the night for the crowd i i think i think it's a fair rating who are we to doubt the uh, the good users of Grapple? Uh, just just as a trivia note, the top match, you know, I can't believe the G one was only in August. By the way, the uh, the, oh, top, no. the top five: uh, Shingo Ishii number one, four point six nine, and then it's Tyler Bate, Walter, Shingo Naito, Jay White, Kota Ibushi. Sorry, Joe, four point six. That's got, and then Okada Suzuki uh, rounds out the top five. There, nice to see uh, out of the rest of the ten. Amazing Red Will Osprey sneaking in there as a yeah. as a number ten. <laughs> it's hard to believe that's an August match, isn't it? Considering we've all only just seen it uh but yeah that's good to see that stuck in there that's a little bit more uh deserved to be honest given the august that new japan were having in terms of matches i'm surprised that tyler bate walter and lucha brothers young brooks managed to break uh, they're, new very, japan. They're, very they're very good matches. matches but in some ways you kind of think of august especially if you add into the mix the Akada Suzuki match from Royal Quest. It's kind of like, uh, but like a New Japan month. Remember right? July, uh, G1 starts in July. Oh, yeah. G1 yeah. starts on July 13th. The majority of it took place in July. I think the big hit is the big higher matches. The only one I'd say I'm surprised isn't in there is probably uh, Shingo and Goto from that. Was it the penultimate night? Yeah, it was the G1. penultimate night yeah, I'm, G1, surprised, yeah. I'm surprised that didn't get in there. Mm. Um, bit disappointing, but hey. 
Yeah. It's all still good either way. That all, all of those matches have seen and they're all worth going out of your way to say. See, even Jay White, Kota Ibushi, which we spoke about in detail on, on the final, it's still, fun, you know, it's, it's still, still a very good it's match. It's still a very good match. And it's like all of the things on it. I'm looking at the list in general and I'm finding it hard to disagree with it. Oh, it's I'll pretty rock solid. Jay list. White and Kota Ibushi before the year's out. Don't yeah. you worry. Don't you worry. We'll, uh, we'll do it. We should do that as a bonus show. Joe sits and, uh, and rewatch. Ah, uh, no one's going to be interested in that. <laughs> before, before Jay White ruins your birthday. <laughs> well, that, that's on the horizon, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to celebrate my birthday on the 3rd of January just so I can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, he'll regain it on your wedding. I was going to say. Like that, just to <laughs> kick you while you're down. Yeah. And they've, that's they've, around G1 season. Yeah. So they've thrown in a Monday show as well, Joe, so you're just going to have to hide out the entire weekend and, uh, and keep an eye out. Sorry, what? They've thrown in there's the uh, Monday show as well now, isn't there? Um, Wrestle Kingdom mm. weekends. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing yeah. That too, so yeah. The, the Otter Award Gym. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so <laughs> you never know what Jay White content might lurk around your birthday, Joe. Maybe, maybe just leave the country. Just don't go to Japan. Uh, if only I could afford to go to Japan, but yeah, maybe I'd just go and hunt Jay White down or. Steal his passport or something. Bit harsh. <laughs> Gone a bit far now. Extremist it. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Did uh, either of you watch the Ring of Honor show from this weekend? While we're no. Talking to us? We watched. I didn't think you would, Joe. No. <laughs> oh, you weren't you were tempted at all, Joe, by that, that fantastic no. card. No, I was, I was I was doing better things than watching that shite. Oh, I watched the Juju JP. liberally, liberally <laughs> through it. Why? I wanted to see, A, I won't lie, there's a thing about Ring of Honor shows, I'm intrigued by how small the crowds are, and this was, I would say, looked frighteningly small. Mm. Like, Sam's Town is not a big building, and I'm not even sure if they did half of what they did before. It felt like around 500 or so people. Um, From what I saw of it, I saw uh, Marty Skull caught Cabana, which I thought was quite fun. I thought that was really. I gave a three point seven five on grapple. Yeah. I thought I was going mad because the average was like three and a half. So I'm not usually above the grapple average, but I really enjoyed that. I thought like that was the most I've enjoyed. I know the mates because you know from Cabana's podcast and stuff, but like I've yep. not Marty Scale matches. I just don't generally enjoy anymore. And there was a lot of the mm. shtick, but I felt like because Cabana's style isn't particularly bump intensive and it can be you know he does the comedy but there's a lot of like technical stuff as well i thought yeah. scale stuff slotted in they've had some solid matches before as well but i really enjoyed that one yeah really enjoyed it but it did it sort of served to show about how generally poorly marty skull's been used in ring of honor for certainly the last year he should have been the champion he yeah. should have won that belt at madison square garden and in here he's in the opening match on the card but why would you put the belt on the biggest star in the company when you've got Matt Taven? That's where you got <laughs> well, well, Matt Taven's re-signed. Matt Taven was apparently offered a deal twice <laughs> that of anybody on NXT. I'm sure that was the report. Good. He's played Good. this market because well. I'm never going to have to watch him. <laughs> keep him there. And keep Mark Haskins there. Mark Haskins is much better than Matt Taven, but I do not miss Mark Haskins. Mm. And I'm so I'm, I'm enjoying this Haskins break. When I see his name, I'm always like, oh, yeah, him. Mm. Sort of forgotten about him. Mm. Keep him there. I also saw the PCO Kenny King match, or more the end oh of my it. Oh, my God. Fucking bollocks. I, I don't know why I did. 
PCO had a, had a Jim Johnson um, put together theme that I was really excited for. It was kind of shit, sadly. So maybe uh, yeah. all that talk that I've done about AEW should sign up the biggest free agent in wrestling, Jim Johnson, mm-hmm. who's uh, created many a theme we've used on this podcast. Uh, maybe that yeah. died a little bit with that match. And yeah, it was just purely PCO, just as PCO does, uh, it- killing himself for our entertainment. To tell Joe what happened, and in the end, I've heard he, what happened. Yeah, he poured with water and with the cattle prods yeah. very unconvincingly. Look, cattle prods peaked with Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Goldberg at yeah. Starcade '98. Mm. You don't need to go back to cattle prods after yeah. that. <laughs> That's it. Of, I avoided the uh, the women's match By because the way, you was going to be absolutely horrific as well. I saw Kenny King over the weekend when a castaway finished. Um, we turned it off. TV came on. It was on ITVB, and Kenny King was just on some reality TV show on ITVB, talking to some woman about how much he loves her and all sorts. Now he wants to commit to her. I was like the Bachelorette or something. I don't know what it was. was That's Kenny King. And then we left it on for about two minutes, and when (laughs) he got the uh, the semi roast of sorts ready, so yeah, yeah, I didn't see too much of it. But he's an ITVB star over here, Kenny King. Well, he's like he does like the like I said, he does the the dancing and stuff, doesn't he? He's a male stripper. Yeah, Chippendales. Uh, yeah, he does a uh, does well for it. Um, you know, I, I appreciate that. That you know, wrestling is in his whole life. He's got these little uh, media opportunities. He, he follows through too. He's a cro- he's the crossover star. Maybe AW need. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he certainly could. He's, there's, a, there's an opening for being the new Matt LeBlanc in the UK. So <laughs> he hangs around ITVB long enough. Did you watch Barroom Brawl that I see listed there, JP? Right. I won't lie. I flicked through it. <laughs> I went to the end. There was a spot I saw. I don't know if you saw. Did you watch any of this match, Benno? Uh, which one? Oh, the Bouncers versus oh, Silas. I thought Joe Vinny was Monster. talking about like an ITV4 show called Barroom Brawl. I really wanted to know what it about. Sounds like Roadhouse. It's, there was a bit where oh, the, the Beer City Bruiser was sort of tied in the corner and they mm. Vinny Marseille was throwing darts at his back. Yeah. Like as in fucking arrows. Yep. Like at his back. And it's it very GCW. It was very GCW. By the way, all of this appears to be going on to, for mostly silence. Mm. Or certainly an a not lively. Oh, the crowd was dead. Lively crowd mm. on there, but um, yeah, the bouncers won. I think they're number one to the tag team titles now. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, I love this. No, none of our listeners care about Ring of Honor. This is a report that you're directly giving to Joe JP. No, I'm just. It's only to him. Keep it. Keep oh, let's move on. Come no, on. we need to finish. Yeah. We need to finish. What else? What else did you enjoy in the show, JP? <laughs> Uh, I didn't see Gresham Lethal. Oh, that More was right. Lethal than anything else. That was good. That uh, was it, right? Yeah, yeah, I gave that, I think, three and a half on Grapple. Uh, g- typical Gresham stuff, typical Jay Lethal boring the pants off me, but they kind of met yep. in the middle, so I enjoyed it. I didn't see any of the TV title match or the tag matches. Mm. Were they all right? The TV title just looked like they brought in Dragon Lee, which mm, obviously which was not because of the. Him and Rush being fired. It might have been alright, but it happened in Ring of Honor. So who cares? <laughs> yeah. I don't have PJ yeah, Black yeah, in it. Yeah, so. I know. Or around know. it. Uh, but I did have a little look at the main event. The main event's worth uh, talking about. I, I would say, like, it was a solid main event. It was Matt Taven. It was your yes. Matt Taven 
doing his mini indie Randy Orton gimmick now that Adam Cole's moved on. And I know you guys are a bigger Adam Cole fan than me, but I think we can agree Matt Taven is essentially budget Adam Cole. Um, yeah, I think Roosh is someone who, in this Ring of Honor, whatever it is supposed to be these days, that they've kind of gotten right, that they've done the right thing going with him. They've obviously fucked up CML's relationship with you japan and ring of honor probably through this booking or maybe he just fucked it up himself there's a whole load of news coming out like you say with dragon yeah. lee and roosh being out of cmll's favor now and ring of honor going with him and i think he's gonna have to change his name being outside of cmll as well uh which is going to be a problem that's typical ring of honor in 2019 putting your belt on him but if you give me a black and white choice of who's going to be your world champion should it be matt taven or roosh i'll take roosh it's someone fresh they can do some interesting stuff with them. Have yeah. Bandido win that that title uh, contender tournament they're doing. Put them in a big match of final battle. I'll watch it. That that would get me uh, tuning into final battle. How about you, Joe? Oh, uh, let's just can we just move on? <laughs> to shine? Look, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but uh, every time you want to talk about Ring of Honor, can we just play that rant that I had <laughs> after the Madison Square Garden show? Because that was just the end of Ring of Honor. <sighs> they were dead to me anyway, more or well, less. But that, ah, oh, just... In fact, the way this looks like it's going politically, that Rebel Alliance that we were so reliant on a little while ago looks like that might be breaking apart as a result of this at this stage. The CMLL links with Ring of Honor aren't going to be good because of Roosh and Dragon Lee. Mm. Plus, you've got New Japan running those shows in Ring of Honor's area. The same weekend as well. Like, that was a big thing about yeah. this show. Like, you compare it to previous years. This is a big... This is a, a, allegedly a Ring of Honor pay-per-view, by the way, we're talking about here, Joe. Not a Ring of Honor... Not a New Japan man to be seen because they were off doing their own shows. That tells you mm. the, the state that relationship is probably in at this point. So, like, and it's difficult to say at this stage, but it looks like it's... Um, that it's in real serious trouble. They're throwing money at Matt Haven. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Yeah, that's just kind of some love. All right, <laughs> we'll move on, Joe. Anything else, JP, before we do that? Anything you want to mention about Ring of Honor? Uh, not about Ring of Honor. I would like to mention a match I did get round to seeing that I'd meant to for quite some time. Oh, cool. Um, and it was um, back to our old friend Kento Miyahara again. We haven't brought up for quite some time. There's a bit of pure hours looking to catch up on. Normally I get like kind of recommendations from WH Park because he has a cracking taste in this stuff. And one of the, obviously a match that we'd heard about is from the, the end of their tour of the summer they had. Um, it was Miyahara versus Nayo um, um, Nomura, who as a match, it was fantastic. I went 4.75 on grapple for it. I absolutely loved this. Um, there's like the way like Namora is best like Miyahara in and of himself is kind of what you want your ace to be mm. he is like the proto if you're looking to design a kind of ace in Japan for another company Miyahara is what you want and it's very hard not to watch him I said this at the time during the Champions Carnival it's very hard for you just not instinctively to think of Tanahashi mm. but there's things about Miyahara and Namora is like the best of that kind of tier of guys who they need to go up into that kind of like that career rival mm. like the same stature as Miyahara and I think what this match did and this is why I think Miyahara is so great that he is able to work so smartly that if you're wrestling him and apparently he had a really good match with Yoshi Tatsu a couple of months ago as well which seems fucking incredible to think of that I'm not having that but 
But like his matches, where you're expecting that kind of like you watch a New Japan, that kind of dull, sometimes main event, 15 to 20 minute period. It just wasn't here. It was never dull at any stage. Miyahara moves with such speed and you can't help but be engaged. You'll find this real thrust of strikes and then he'll slow it down and then he'll go to the outside and at times the crowd are very heavily into him, but then he plays into the heel as well in order to get that, generate that sympathy on Nomura, which works really well for Nomura's comebacks. And it isn't a case where one wrestler's in control of a long time. This was very much ebb and flow. So it sort of went between the two and like there were predictably enough, some great strike exchanges as much as any, as anything else. But, um, and it was really, uh, just, apart from the other couple of times I went on the outside and having a bit of a bit of a brawl, but it was like a really intense half an hour, Mm. but it went really quickly through. And by the end, you come away thinking like if it wasn't Will Ospreay's year, which it is in terms of being the best wrestler of the year, Miyahara should be right up there. He won't be given the, the lack of people who are watching all Japan, but like I was saying before, he's what you want in an ace. Like I find he's really charismatic he can work against a variety of opponents. We saw that in the Champion Carnival series. He's able to switch between heel and face within the course of a match in order to generate heat, in order to get heat on himself as well. But then when he's injured, the crowd are instinctively with him as well. And because this is, is like his kind of major title race, he's had like his initial title runs, but this is like feels like his major one. That there's this kind of cockiness and confidence that reminds you of a Carter in his great run where it wasn't a case that the crowd were always with him, but you knew that this guy was the top guy to beat and he kind of worked with everyone. The only issue you would say about criticism of him as an ace, and it's not even really a criticism is that what genuine effect is going to be able to have an all Japan business? Because that's really the next great task. Cause one of the things it was in Kurokan, it wasn't sold out. So I'm guessing this is probably around the 1600 mark as opposed to being towards the the kind of 19, 18, 1900 mark to where it gets to. But his job, I think he sees it over the next couple of years, is building that next sort of those top liners who can be up there with him and shoulder some of the burden. Jake Lee, who isn't particularly charismatic, he's someone as well who they could, you know, really do with him be elevating into that top tier. I'm not as convinced with him from what I've seen. And also at some point, they're going to need like a new gaijin to kind of threaten in there. Um, would say good old Joel Redman would be would be the man for the get job. Get him back over. And get him back over. I don't know if he's been, I think he might have been over once since then. Um, but the idea being that they can't, like Joe Doering is, is, I mean, he's getting older. So you can't really put the reliance on him. But if you go out of your way, it's on YouTube, this match. Watch it. It's like, it's a really great half an hour match. I, I loved it. Awesome. What do you give it on Grapple again, JP? Yep, 4.75. i tell you someone they could get over, who I don't think is affiliate of anyone at the moment. Get Spike Dravet over there. Teach him <laughs> a thing or two. No? I'd like to see him in the dojo. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Might smarten him up a bit. <laughs> Big next guy, Jin Hill. Mm. It's, it's there for the taking. <laughs> ah, so yeah, there you go. Um, there'll be other stuff I'm going to try and catch up on over the next next week as well. Uh, I think the depression about the rugby got to me a bit too much, but um, but yeah, definitely watch this. Mihar and Namora. I will. Awesome. Well, yeah. So if anyone wants to uh, also put the ratings in for that, you you definitely can uh, on Twitter. I mean. 
sorry, on the Grapple app. Uh, before we go, I did want to mention as well, uh, I am going to, to BXW this weekend, so I want to mention mm. briefly uh, the goings on that happened there. Neither of you guys are making the trip. Uh, I know, no, Joe, JP, you were looking at it, weren't you, until last minute. Um, you found yeah, it work. Busy. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, I made the decision very last minute to make this trip this time. To ta- to It's the World Tag Team Festival rather than Tag League this time. It's the cursed tournaments, the amount of names that have dropped out of this now, and the amount of lineup changes that WXW have had to make. Maybe question a little bit my decision to go, but look, I looked at it. It was £20 each way with Ryanair to fly out. Uh, Good work. Cologne again. Yeah, I'm going up to see that. I'm making the mistake, JP. I'm flying out via Cologne, and I'm flying back via Eindhoven. Uh, last time me and you went last year I tried the same thing with Eindhoven me and you ended up uh, up far too late uh, drinking in a certain uh, hotel bar and I completely missed my bus and then I slept through a second bus that I booked on my phone hung over in the morning and then I had to scramble to, to get to Eindhoven to get my flight but in principle it's an hour and 20 minutes on a coach away from uh, from where we are in Oberhausen so I feel like I could make it this time going to spend a little day in Eindhoven I'm going to do some sightseeing it's going to be a fun time Go to PSV's ground while you're there. Might have a bit of time to do that. Have a bit of wonder. Yeah. I think I'll probably stick to the city centre mainly, but you know, have a bit of wonder. So I'm looking forward to that. Won't be the same without the two year, obviously. But you know, there's lots going on over the weekend. There's the yeah. uh, the traditional uh, Oberhaus and Openers happening. Me and uh, Alan Sheepshot and Snowboy of uh, of Twitter fame have uh, been grouped together. We are. Uh, Bowling for Big Daddy, uh, that is uh, <laughs> Alan Cheapshot's uh, continued uh, quest to uh, get Big Daddy in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame uh, has taken over our name. And we're, we're on the same lane as uh, Dominic Garini and the uh, the Workhorseman, the fake James Drake. Uh, I think we're going to be playing against them, so that should be fun. Uh, oh, Drake is going to kill you, mate. He, he's telling me he's not amazing at bowling. Look yeah. at him. He's got to be, hasn't he, JD? He looks like he's physically designed for bowling. (laughs) The pin pals came up against him. That bloody shaking machine that Otto's playing, that's not going to beat James Drake. He's going to have special powers when it comes to achieving strikes, I tell (laughs) you. That's it. I, but the same thing. I bet you could drink a pint as well at the same time. Oh, definitely. It? But the thing is, Dominic the Green is on their team and he's just going to turn up barefoot, isn't he? So I feel like he might get an advantage there. Don't start a fight with him, whatever the fuck you do. Yeah, true. I should, I should he's, watch He's thing. proper hard as fuck, that bloke. He's an MLW now as well, I think. Yeah, that, well, he's like he's been added into the, the tag tournament now. Uh, Violence is Forever, a team I'm not hugely familiar with, but so many people I know, the, the likes of Jamesy and Ian Hamilton have been raving about. Uh, him and uh, Kevin Koo are, are going to be in tag league now. Uh, the face and arrows are hungry. That was announced today. Just because of all the cancellations, it has been absolutely ridiculous. Like, they went from having the political problem of uh, Walter and Ilya were going to be champions in the final on the third day and skip the tournament uh, to now only Ilya's going to be on the last day. And Walter, he put a tweet out saying it was his own decision for travel reasons that he didn't want to do the show. But that's interesting. A big WXW weekend that would presumably... Walter not around. Uh, Bandido was pulled out this week through to injury. Presumably, he got on that Ring of Honor show that we just talked about. So, another thing to get mad at Ring of Honor for. Obviously, going way back, uh, you know, uh, Akid and Carlos Romo were supposed to be in the tournament. They're not the tournament anymore. Mark Davis and Carl Fletcher uh, won the uh, WXW tag titles to kind of replace the uh, the Walter and Ilya team. 
uh, and now Mark Davis has got an injury, so it's Kyle Fletcher and Lucky Kid. It is the cursed tournament. I'm still interested in going. You know, they put they're doing the best. They put Flamita against uh, Jonathan Gresham on the Friday now. It's just a standalone singles match. But I'll be honest, like this was not as far as like a tag league lineup goes, tag festival lineup goes, I don't think it was the most impressive in the first place, even without the cancellations. I mm. think it was kind of I mean last year, JP, that just that block alone that I'd you know, we had uh, CCK, we had the Lucha Brothers, we had Ring Camp. Uh, and Kawitani. Your mates uh, coming over from Japan. <laughs> like, that was... that was Gresham. Yeah, Gresham, your other mates as well. The, the whole crew, yeah. really, were there. Like, that, to me, was, you know, one of the better experiences I've had uh, as far as watching, you know, a, a yeah. tournament and wrestling and being there for a full weekend there. And, yeah, this weekend's just... It didn't look particularly strong in the first place, and it's just been decimated now, but... There is the likes of Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, Tim Thatcher and Vite Mulder are a team. Um, you know, maybe I'll become great mates with the Wake Horsemen um, from that from the bowling. Uh, JFK aren't even in the tournament because it's just Jay Skillet and, and and absolute Andy now because Francis Caspin's on on the shelf. And you know, there are teams yeah. like the Pretty Bastards who I'm not usually familiar with. The Page That's Club, uh, one of their local homegrown That's right, teams. Yeah, the the two lads who like with the we saw them doing like a photo shoot, didn't we, last year or, or earlier this year? Carrot, the two the, the long haired lads yeah. with the beards. Oh, I know. I just assumed I was high at the time. <laughs> no, that's a real thing that happened. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're in the tournament. Ivan Kiev and Pete Bouncer are now the Page Club, um, which is a fucking horrific name. Arrows are hungry in there who disappeared from, from Rev Pro. Maybe there's the potential for, you know, some of these surprise teams to, to, mm. to impress. There is a David Starr and... Um, Eddie Kingston team in there that's maybe a little bit excited, but yeah, a bit of a to be honest, it's a weekend. I'm going for you know all of the the media stuff, the ambition tournament yeah. looks fun. Daniel McCarvey's on there, Scotty Davis is in there. That looks that looks interesting. There's a Femme Fatales tournament. I'm going to be there for Inner Circle on Thursday, um, but yeah, not the not the strongest of lineups uh, for this weekend. So I'm going to be interested to see uh, how I come out of it um, next week when we uh, when we do talk about it. It could make for a wild couple of days, though, in terms of shows. At least it's unpredictable. Mm, that's it, yeah, that's it. And it could, it could, it it could go in with low expectations and blow out the water. I do think yeah. they're just missing a couple of. And I know they've had cancellations, but I kind of said they. I didn't get much support on Twitter because I don't think you know the besties of the world are not the greatest team. But I would have, you know, they're in the, they're in England. I would have thought they might have added something to this tournament. Saying that, they can't use their entrance theme, so maybe they wouldn't add that much. But the Rascals are over. They're doing Riptide instead. Like, the Riptide tag tournament that's happening the same weekend is kind of interesting that they're able to put together a, a relatively interesting lineup. And mm. WXW, uh, you know, it's a strong lineup, but it's just not strong as strong as normal. And I'm not a huge... I think I would have preferred them to stick to the blocks rather than doing the, uh, the tag uh, elimination format. And yeah, like I said, they've been hit by by outside factors too that have made it you know the wwe stuff and just made it not particularly as interesting a lineup as i was maybe hoping for maybe i should have uh, you guys aren't heading to riptide anymore for brighton maybe we should have they've got a they've got a bowling alley and a mcdonald's maybe we should have all been heading there yeah well i'd say so i mean although that's one of the issues about getting a brighton is you'd probably have to wake a weekend or out of it anyway for that but um i mean good luck getting there by yourself just don't do what i didn't have your fucking bag next <laughs> i actually 
I looked at like I booked an Airbnb and I did look JP. I look I was on Airbnb looking for for places and a place came up that had a a really positive review from a JP Hulan. Mm. And I looked at the time and it was March 2018 and I realised, yep, that's the Airbnb you stayed at when you lost your bag. Unfortunately, it wasn't his fault. <laughs> it wasn't Jonas's fault. He was. <laughs> Very help. I mean, he could have been part of an elaborate scammer. So fuck you, Jonas. That was out of order. <laughs> but generally, he was he was a really nice bloke. He mm. was just some scum, subhuman scum, to quote Alan Partridge. Well, if, well, if you see a bloke in a Shabbat <laughs> hanging around Oberhaus and yeah. Benno, carry out the Lord's word for JP. Exactly. Make sure he's picking up his teeth with a broken hand. There you go. I'll go. I'll, I'll keep an eye on JP. And yeah, I think uh, if I see that, and that riddle T-shirt, I'm fucking still <laughs> going about that. The riddle well, T-shirt. You tried to buy it back, did you? Recently, I tried to buy it off someone online, but it had already been taken by someone else. Oh, poor you. <laughs> yeah, poor me. Thank you. Thanks for the sympathy. I think I'll, if, if I see it, if I see anyone around wearing your stuff, JP, I'll round up a motley crew of uh, Jonathan Gresham and the rest of your boys. I'll get the, I'll get the workhorsemen on side as well. And we'll we'll take care of them, dude. They'd be up for a fucking scrap round Oberhausen. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Take them there, take them for a pint in the golden bar afterwards. <laughs> you you love that golden bar, JP. You had a fantastic I wouldn't say I loved it. I was I was in a, I was in a bad mood when I'd arrived there and I was like, hang on, where am I? And then it suddenly had realised where I was. And it was basically uh it was where you went after you'd visited the, the kind of brothel alleyway across the road. Of course you found that place. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's very JP, isn't it? Well, I'll, like I say, I'll be out there. I'll be trying not to lose any laptops or bank cards. But JP, I won't have you there to look after me like last yeah, year. So I am a little sad. bit worried. Uh, but I'll survive, I'm sure. Um, You'll be all right. <laughs> that's it's it. your, your time to fly, Ben. Lo- but yeah, you know, tagline up aside, I'm looking forward to, you know, like I said, ambition. Only Lork and Tim Thatcher should be yeah. interesting to get to see live, uh, you know, a, a match that, you know, might not be to everybody's tastes, but I'm a big Tim Thatcher fan, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the, the weekend as a whole. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, maybe with the backs against the wall, what, uh, what WXW managed to pull out of this weekend and if they can, you know... Uh, make it want to remember when it's a weekend that does does seem so so cursed to going in yeah Um, and but hopefully you enjoy yourself mm. there'll be lots of good people to catch up with as well Mm. and be able to have a a few drinks and a bit of a laugh quite jealous really because we'll just be bloody working you're not so you're not doing riptide you're not doing rev pro this weekend there's a it is interesting there's like this weekend Uh. riptide have got their own tag tournament on Rev Pro have got the cockpit on Sunday, have they? And there's any, believe it or not, there's NXT UK tapings happening this weekend, lads. I don't know if you were aware, but that's a that's a big thing happening this weekend in some forgotten town in uh, in England somewhere. Um, you're not going Brentwood to any of the Essex. any of the above. Brentwood, like what? What is going no? On? You're not going to Brentwood, JP? Just no, absolutely not. No, not going there at all in the size. To be honest, they could be running the end of the road and running it for a tenner. And I'd probably think, ah, fuck it, I'll go Aldi instead. They could be in my back garden. I don't think I'd bother at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There are more interested, the bikes in my back garden are more interesting than seeing, I don't know, Saxon Huxley and Joseph Connors. 
speak, speak, speaking of matches happening in your back garden, Joe, if uh, if anybody told you that... Uh, what's his name now? PJ Walker? Is that his name? Oh, no. PJ Walker PJ, misses... PJ, oh, PJ Black, right. sorry. That's, that's Aldo Montoya, isn't it? <laughs> PJ Black versus Chris Brooks at the cockpit on Sunday, Joe. Surely, surely you're going to use your, your free paid access to, uh, to head down to that. Free paid access, my ass. Anyone <laughs> want my ticket? If you do, it's for sale. I was considering going, the card looks shit. And PJ Black versus Chris Brooks. I've never seen a match that's turned me on a card. Um, help me make a decision so quickly. You could book David Starr's return on that show. A PJ Black versus Chris Brooks is a match. I'd honestly, you you could pay me not oh, I can't speak I'm so fucking tired honestly again if that was going to my back garden or I don't know there were several things like eating a, a roast in a buffet that I could do instead I'd do it I'd even wank up a dog and watch that match <laughs> Honestly, like, nah. Anyone want my ticket? Just get in contact and we'll sort something out because uh, uh, that, is, that card looks so, so lackluster mm. at a time when they need to be doing good stuff. And yeah, I, I can't be bothered to travel to go and pay whatever train fare or drive and pay the petrol to go and see that rubbish. Yeah. Well, you know, we've got a title <laughs> for the episode now. It is Rev Joe is Dead. I never thought that's nah, I don't think it's the focus of the episode, though. Let's wait because, you know, <laughs> not dead. Just taking a break, if you ask me. Like, yeah. Do you reckon it's wor- better or worse than the show in Manchester I'm going to after this weekend where they you know, progress then on to TK Cooper versus Body Guy Roy Johnson? What would you rather see less? Uh, uh, TK Cooper versus Body Guy Roy Johnson is the match I'd rather see because, I don't know, I quite get off on watching the tragedy of TK Cooper and him fall further and further into mediocrity and obscurity in progress and wonder what could have been. So, yeah, I'll go for a bit of that one. TK Cooper's like the um, the Michael Johnson, not the 400 and 200 metre world record <laughs> holder, but the Man City player who the made his debut under Sven and was absolutely amazing and then fucked it and put a load of weight on and I think he went into like cocaine or something didn't he yeah. do you remember him I think he's got his shit together right now he yeah. looked like a prodigy and it never happened for him that's TK Cooper for me <laughs> well, minus the cocaine we think we're not sure hopefully um, <laughs> hopefully probably yeah. not he doesn't seem the type uh, would, would, to be fair Joe though you get to see that match you could come for a pint with me and Glenn it'd probably be a better day out for you than uh, than that cop oh yeah the, the pint would be the draw there honestly um <laughs> Yeah, ah, just. I don't think Glenn wants us there, mate. He wants Joe there. Four yeah, exactly. Does yeah. he know who I am? I don't know. Has he, has he, has Look, he gone I'm back? not a mu- I'm not a musical theatre fan. I enjoyed Mean Girls on Broadway this year. I'll say that. Um, but <laughs> I'm not massively into my musical theatre, so I don't know what we'd have to talk about. Maybe. I think you'd get on. I think you'd be best friends. But So do I, mate. I'm, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I think we'd be top pals. <laughs> the Roger Forum reunion. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, on, on that note as well, Progress sold out. Uh, their, 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 their smallman show, so you, you're going to have to kill that dream as well. You're not going to be able to get to that. So maybe we can get oh, you to Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find a way. Yeah. I was going to look for tickets. I teach. Mm. This, 12, this mid day noon thing never worked for getting tickets for quite some time mm. but like for me it was like oh, i was intrigued by this one i looked it sold out in three minutes and i went 
Oh, oh well. Yeah, back cool. to life. <laughs> yeah, they, I think it, it sold out so quickly. They've now put tickets on sale. I think for October, but I doubt that's going to do the the same business. But yeah, also as a note as well, they've announced the David Star for some upcoming dates as well. So he's not gone. Uh, but yeah, once I go to that Progress Manchester show, I'll report back on the the fallout of uh, of the Ali Pali shows. Yeah. Anything else before we go, lads? Uh. One very, very final thing. One really quick point. I think we've had some positive news on Gaza in China. <laughs> keep, 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 keep it peeled. Hopefully, Stephen Louch is doing God's work, frankly, in finding this where very no one else in the world seems to be able to. So, fair play to him and the, the Rangers supporters who appear to video most things involving Paul Gascoigne around post Rangers career. Good luck. Well done to them. It's it's paid off. If it's on VHS and you can't digitise it. Send us down a copy. I can sort it out. I pay good money as well. Not crazy money. I'm not a fucking man. We'll pay the postage. Certainly. I think he deserves more than that. I think he's got a just giving page that he's doing runs. Maybe you can link. Maybe you can link some money for that. Yep, he's more than earned that. There you go to our to our thousands of fans. Head out there. Look for Stephen Louch on Twitter and uh, and donate to his just giving. There you go. Exactly. As long as he sends us the video, otherwise don't do it. Um, that's basically all. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's the threat underlying it. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, that's it really. I mean, we'll be back uh, next week. I'm going to be in Germany until Tuesday, so I expect there'll be a, ch- a show not next Monday, but it'll probably be next Tuesday night, um, so that I can talk that and we can catch up on all, some other stuff. Obviously, AW's midweek as well. Should we promise anything, lads, or or do we need to talk? You just promise nothing, but we'll keep people in surprise about whether or not there's anything keep doable on, for that. Keep what an eye doing? on your feeds, everyone. Yeah, keep an eye on your feeds. Oh, no, I'm not doing another one this week. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll be back next Tuesday, everyone. <laughs> we'll be back next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. I love that people got to listen into our production meeting. Yeah, we'll be back next <laughs> Tuesday. We'll catch up, unless something does possibly sneak into your feed this week, but it's unlikely. We'll be back Tuesday. We'll talk AEW. We'll talk. If it does, uh, I'm not on it. <laughs> JP, it's on you to find uh, a replacement yeah. all about the country. Uh, well, we'll keep an eye on our Twitter feed anyway, in case there is any bonus material out of Germany. But yeah, we're back next Tuesday to talk uh, my weekend, AEW, and everything else going on in the world of wrestling. We'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye.